I'm a fish boy who skates for Team X Blades with a leprechaun Who plays basketball, come to my smart house Meet my alien sister, don't come hungry Because I'll bet my mom can't Hello everyone and welcome to Mom Can't Cook, a DCOM podcast. I am one of your hosts, Galaxian Andromeda. And I'm the other one of your hosts, Space Day. Space Space Day. <laughs> space Space Dave. Space Dave. <laughs> You've heard of regular Dave. Well, meet Space Dave. Meet Space Dave. He's just like regular Dave, but um man is he spaced out. <laughs> but he has suffocated in the vacuum of space. Yeah, his eyes have burst. Yeah. Um and he's ice cold. Well, speaking of people whose eyes burst and are ice cold in the vacuum of space. Yep. Today we're talking about Xenon 2. Spoilers, Andy. Don't the give sequel. away the end of Xenon 2, the sequel. What, the, the ending that it should have been, the ending of Xenon yeah, well, 2. Yeah, I mean, maybe it should have been the beginning. But the <laughs> cowards at <laughs> Disney wouldn't, wouldn't show you <laughs> Xenon <laughs> suffocating to death the in original the frozen sp- vacuum of space. Yeah, the original script was uh, a brief scene of Xenon suffocating in space, then with no... Uh, sound the title xenon to the sequel appears and yeah. then for 90 minutes precisely the camera just tracks her body as it sp- spins out slowly into space well, what's interesting is the original script of uh, xenon the sequel um that they commissioned they ended up not using it but the writer hung on to it and it was later adapted into the film event horizon starring sam neill Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, they went with the more of a kind of cosmic horror angle for the sequel. But Yeah, um, I read that on IMDb. There was going to be the bit where Commander Plank, with all of his skin melted off by the intense power of the sun, yeah. loses his mind and chases Xenon through the vents. Yes, yeah. but Xenon obviously has had her eyes gouged out of her head, so she's <laughs> she can't see where she's going. And it yeah. was going to be a kind of like fun ending. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but Michael Eisner, was he nixed it. <sighs> Classic Eisner. Well, Classic you know Eisner. what Eisner's like when it comes to fun? Yeah. Opposed. <laughs> Opposed to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There'll be none of that round here. At so this the Walt is... Disney Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> My father, Walt Eisner, didn't start this company. For why there was a there was like there was a there was a young Mr. Disney, wasn't there? There was a A young Mr. Disney. <laughs> like, wasn't there a Roy? You're talking about Walt. Walt. Roy Roy was his brother, his older brother. Oh I think. yeah. But then there was a there was Did a, he have a child, a scion for the to, to, to Yeah, there was the a mantle? nephew. There was another net there was a nephew Roy. Okay. Roy O. Roy O. Yeah. So did Roy, did Roy take over the Disney Empire when well, Walt was I frozen? Mean, <laughs> Walt wasn't frozen. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Oh, sorry, that's right. He wasn't. Wink. Yeah. No, he's one of the animatronics in the Pirates of the Caribbean, if you look closely. Oh, right. Yeah. That's the smelliest one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the one, presumably one of the skeletons. Yeah. There was a, there was a Disney yeah. air, but he got, sh- he got shuffled out, didn't he? And then in what? came Eisner. I didn't know this. In came Eisner with all his ideas. With his sense of fun yeah. being bad. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you know what? I'm procrastinating because... You don't um, want to talk about Xenon 2. I don't want to talk two. about Xenon 2. But we have to, uh, and that's fine. I will do it. Shall we hear how the Disney Channel decided to sell it? This film sells itself, but yeah, let's hear it. The space station is falling apart. The aliens are coming, and only one person can save the day. Whatever you need, I'm your girl. Again. Xenon! 
Mondays. We're gonna get sucked into the moon's gravitational field. Is that bad? Disney Channel blasts off with an original movie. They disappeared. Xenon the sequel, a Disney Channel original movie. Let's go. Monday at 8, 7 central, only on Disney Channel. Okay, are there any broad notes that you want to give before we kick off, Andy? Uh, yeah, it's um, obviously a sequel to the original Xenon, which we have already reviewed on this podcast. Yeah. Um, there are actually three Xenon films. Um, the first one was 1999. This one is 2001. Yeah. And the third one is 2004. Wow. Oof. Oof. Really uh, beating yeah. that dead horse. I feel like this movie, having watched both recently, Xenon's one and two, I don't think this movie is really any worse than the first one, but it's certainly less iconic and I think less well remembered Mm. well i think i was thinking about like oh it's odd that they decided you know xenon was the film that they wanted to make a sequel for out of because there's not many decoms to get sequels it's halloween town no no um xenon i think i mean obviously high school musical but there aren't there aren't many and i was like i wonder why they decided to go with xenon and then i remembered that it has a lot of extremely specific sets and costumes Ah. Ah, yes, yes, that are already built. That are already built and yeah. just like losing the company money yeah, sitting Eisner's there in a warehouse. living in them to, yeah. make, to make it a, ta- a taxable expense. Yeah. <laughs> he started talking in a Xenon sort of way. <laughs> Cetus Lapitas, you guys, you're all fired. <laughs> Disneyland Paris is in trouble major. <laughs> We've got visitors minor. <laughs> Uh, okay yeah no you're absolutely right um the only note i want to give before we kick off is that i watched xenon 2 while fasting for a minor surgical procedure so i was breathtakingly hungry when i watched it and so i was (laughs) and irritable i was oh man i was so irritable i was so i was probably less tolerant than i often am of the disney channel's uh bullshit so okay yeah uh, it, that might come through in my notes but uh, but 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 listen i was i was so hungry have you ever <laughs> been so hungry that look don't watch a decom on an empty stomach is what i would say unless it's eddie's million dollar cook-off in which yeah case, yeah yeah in which case the food might real become food. tolerable real feast for the eyes um yeah. so this film we open on a shot of majestic space through it tumbles a CGI Etch-a-Sketch for some reason. <laughs> I said Etch-a-Sketch too. That is mm. what it looks like. It comes to rest in front of the screen and it solemnly intones in voiceover chapter two, even though that's not the film subtitle. <laughs> so already I'm annoyed. And as yeah. I say, breathtakingly hungry. Uh, so a text crawl, Star Wars-like, begins on the screen explaining well, the... St- Star Wars-like? That's not fair to Star Wars. Well, it's text going up the screen. It's clearly what they're invoking. But it's there to yeah, explain sure. the plot of Xenon 1, which, as you'll remember, was something about insurance fraud. I forget exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it doesn't do a very good job of summing up the plot of Xenon 1, but then neither did we. So, yeah. you know, who am I to criticise? Mm-hmm. Everyone's favourite heroine, the film assures us. Yeah. Um, referring to Xenon. <laughs> Yeah, Xenon car. Um, so broadly speaking, if you didn't listen to the last episode, what do you need to know? You need to know that Xenon saved the space station on which everyone lives and overthrew a sinister plot by two men, Windham and Lutz. Windham and Lutz, uh, yep. who wanted to blow up the space station for the insurance money with themselves <laughs> aboard, with themselves <laughs> and everyone else on board. <laughs> And also, this is the only space station in operation from Earth, mm. and everyone who lives on it is weird and obsessed with space, and everyone on yeah. Earth is sort of normal. Yeah. But that's ne- that's never sort of raised as a weird thing in the film. 
But Xenon saved the day, and as this crawl uh, explains, Xenon is living high on the hog since she uh, saved the since yeah. she saved the day. She's got like free access. She can go anywhere on the space station. She's a She's hero. She's at the top of her game. She can do absolutely anything in her space day, and she is a trusted member of the crew. Yeah, it says that she, it says that she can go absolutely anywhere on this mm. space station that is the size of a small absolutely train station. Absolutely anywhere. Absolutely anywhere. And you can't do anything about it. It's honestly, it's like this space station is about the size of like one floor of a hospital. Yeah. It's not very big. It's not a huge territory to be able to write. It's not like Xenon's like, see you later, parents. I'm off to roam the expanses of the space station. Yeah. It's just. And you know that once she's got the privileges to go wherever she wants on this space station, she's coming into your into your personal space. Yeah. Because, you know, there's only so many places she could go before. And now the whole space station is open to her. You'll be there just trying to enjoy your evening in walk Xenon. Oh, hello. Oh, hi, Xenon. Um, haven't... Hi. Uh, I... Th- yeah. I haven't seen you since school earlier. I can go anywhere I want. Oh, so yeah, I can, well... I can be here. I'm, and, and rightly so. We're also grateful for, for you to saving the space station. What's in these drawers? Oh, nothing. Uh, don't open the bottom one. Um, What's this? What's this here in the bottom drawer? Don't tell Commander Plank. <laughs> Some kind of space wand. <laughs> I'm taking this to Commander Plank. It could be Stellanarius. <laughs> you fool, Commander Plank's in on it. <laughs> he loaned that to me. So okay. we say we hear that Xenon is now 15, but everything yeah. in her Stellanarius life is about to change forever. So we see bustling life in the space station. It still is a piece of shit by the looks of the amount of smoke coming out of various vents and sparks coming out of everything. Yes. It's still in a state of terrible disrepair. Uh, Xenon and her f- best friend Nebula, who you remember from the first film, are walking through the corridor. Although Nebula is no longer played by Raven Simone, now it's Shadia Simmons. Apparently, I looked it up due to a Doctor Doolittle 2 filming commitment, which sounds well, made, you sounds don't miss made out. up to me. <laughs> You don't want to miss out on the, the juicy plum that is Doctor well, Doolittle. Well, I genuinely paused and was like, they made a Doctor Doolittle too? And then I thought, of course not. That's simply what Raven told them. So Raven Simone was like, you don't say no to Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you don't say no to Doolittle. When Eddie Murphy comes a knocking with a Doctor Doolittle film. <laughs> There's no chance he came a knocking. I don't think there is a Doctor Doolittle too. I think it's just, yeah. It's what she said to get out of having to do Xenon 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, oh, yeah, Doctor... Doctor. Can't do it. I'm doing Doctor Doolittle. Can't that do it. That um, the, uh, uh, the, this is two. Two. Doctor Doolittle Doctor two. does even less. Remember that wacky hamster? He's back. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, they got um, they got Paulie Shaw for this one. Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be a real, real good movie. Doctor Doolittle. Yeah. Anyway... Let's move on. So, yeah, it's not Raven Simone anymore, um, unfortunately. But, you know, Shadia Simmons is doing her damnedest just like everyone else. So Nebula and Xenon are roaming the halls. Nebula is worried that they're not allowed to be in this particular corridor that they are. But Xenon, Yeah, they're in a level four restricted zone. Yeah, yeah. But Xenon says, will you ice? Which from context clues we assume means... Calm down, Nebula. Chill out. Chill yeah. out. Xenon is still cashing in her hero major chips. Yeah. And then Plank walks up and they're in a level four restricted zone, but he's fine with it. Nebula is shocked and also, as Luke said, recast. <laughs> yeah. So Commander Plank, you'll remember, is the supreme leader of the space station or space day, as they yeah. insist on calling it in these films. But she gets this warm welcome. So Xenon sort of breezes into this restricted area. 
Um, she says, how thermo is this? Yeah. Uh, she says that she was checking out a monitor in this restricted area. And yeah, this room has sort of floor-to-ceiling video screens that display yeah. random numbers. Yeah, she says that she accidentally, while messing around with it, invented a new game. Mm. So she sort of takes control of one of the monitors and essentially starts playing what looks on the screen like Pong. Yeah. Uh, there's sort of two red bars e- either side of the screen and they're kind of sliding up and down. And these two girls, they're playing this game and they're having the most fun anyone's ever had playing Pong. They're just, they are loving this. Yeah, they are. I mean, especially because there's also, there's like, there's no ball. Xenon's made up her own game, which is like, you have to keep all of these little things in little white bits in like between these two bars or something. Yeah. So she's kind of making They're it. messing around with this. And then we see what the actual space station system is that she's manipulating with this in- incredibly important bit of equipment. <laughs> What's and- the worst one it could be? <laughs> well, the worst one it could be is the life support systems. What? Okay, well... What's the second one? What's the worst thing it could be that is cl- that looks a lot like something that slides? Okay, well, obviously that would be the airlock. And it is the airlock in Commander Plank's quarters. By sheer <laughs> chance, he isn't in his quarters. Yeah, by staggeringly good luck. So- but, but all of his possessions are jettisoned into the vacuum of space. <laughs> this is what you got to do. You move that mouse to make your bar go up and down. See? Then you got to try and trap the little blips before they go off and go into the bigger area. Okay. Isn't that so stellar? Okay, let's go. Okay. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Here we go. Okay. I don't even understand this. Nobody has a key but me. So they airlock all of Commander Plank's stuff. I mean, if he had like a dog or something. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore, he doesn't. Yeah. Um, I have questions already. One, why does Commander Plank have an airlock in his room? (laughs) What's 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 the best case use scenario for that? Executions, I think. He's the commander. I think think it's remotely operated from down on Earth. If he ever goes mad (laughs) and declares himself Space King, they can just flush his his quarters. If he ever gets a bad case of Steve Buscemi space madness, like in Armageddon, (laughs) yeah, they could remotely airlock him. Just flush the commander's quarters. We'll install a new commander later today. Uh, So, yeah, it's incredibly lucky that he wasn't in there because that would be mutiny as well as murder. Yeah. Xenon. But luckily, Plank is not there. He's walking the halls. He's talking to a concerned lieutenant. Um, He sees all of his things floating past a window. Yeah. Confused, he opens the door to his quarters and immediately the entire space station (laughs) depressurizes and everyone is killed. Yeah, this... So, like... I mean, look, I'm no space expert, (laughs) right? I don't set myself up as a physicist. I don't go around telling people I'm a physicist. Yeah, I do sometimes. You get free drinks at bars. Yeah, but what if you say that and then they have a follow-up question like, oh, I was watching this movie Xenon 2 and I wanted mm-hmm. to know yeah. if this is accurate. Yeah, What if it is. when Commander Plank opens the door to his airlock open room yeah. and he sort of gets sucked out, should not the entire space station essentially turn itself inside out with the loss of all hands? Yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah. 
that's the sort of thing you could bluff in a bar because it's so obviously what would happen. But it's not what happens in this film. Instead, Plank is sort of blown around along with his friend. Yeah, in a kind of wacky way. They sort of go, whoa! Yeah. Someday we're going to actually find out what these little blips mean, laughs Xenon as Plank's <laughs> eyes bulge out of his head like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> in Total Recall. <laughs> so we don't immediately see the consequences of this uh, of this act, of this attempted murder. <laughs> of this high yeah. treason uh, instead we see xenon back in her bedroom she hangs up the phone she's just been dumped by greg from earth from the you last remember? film you boring remember? weirdo greg weirdo greg yeah he's not going to come back in this film and he doesn't get a single line of dialogue he just dumps xenon from off camera yeah well he was filming dr doolittle 3 so. <laughs> dr doolittle the prequel yeah <laughs> a bit about a young boy called Young Doolittle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Do even littler. <laughs> Little Do Little. <laughs> Damn, this writes itself. And the hamster could be a baby. Yeah, a baby hamster. That would make sense. Oh. So uh, so anyway, Xenon reckons that Margie probably had something to do with this dumping. You'll remember Margie from Xenon 1. Yeah, the mean girl. The mean girl on Earth. Nebula also points out that Greg lives 180,000 miles away, which is, you know. Yeah. As long distance relationships go, it's up there. It's pretty long. Uh, we also find out that Commander Plank and Aunt Judy, Xenon's aunt who lives on Earth, who you will remember from the previous film, are in a long distance relationship. Uh, yeah. They kind of sort of got a bit romantic at the end of the last movie and yeah, now they're long distance. So Nebula says to look on the bright side. All the time that Xenon's been spending zap padding Greg is time <laughs> she can now be using to utilise her status as untouchable god king of the space station. So, so that's you know. what the kids are calling it these days. <laughs> zap padding zap Greg. Padding. Yeah. Um, Xenon's like, hey, yeah, you're right. I could maybe imperil more lives. But then her zap yeah. pad goes off and it's Plank. <gasps> After her stunt, he's revoking her all access status. And there's one other aspect. His eyeballs dribbling down his cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> he says as he, so, yeah. as he chokes to death. Um, but there's other, one other aspect of her punishment that must be discussed in person. So the punishment that Plank doles out. Well, he has to maintain his authority and he lost his favourite shoe, he says. So... Yeah, so things are pretty bad. Also, everyone on the space day will have seen Commander Plank's things floating around and will have known mm -hmm. that he... All his things. <laughs> Even that bottom drawer. Yeah. <laughs> the bottom drawer was the first to depressurise. <laughs> because of what was in it. Yeah. The volatile nature of the substances within. <laughs> so it did, a, it did a full tour of the space station. <laughs> Rotating slowly. <laughs> Past every window. <laughs> so Plank firmly believes that the discipline of working down in the alien patrol lab will be good for Xenon. Yes. This is the punishment. He's sentencing her to work in the alien patrol lab. There's another boy down there, Orion, he's called. He's been down here for five years and he's never found any alien signals. And he is played by Cutter from Stepsister from Planet Weird. Yes, Thomas M. Wright. Uh, so... Xenon, who is 15 and has a proven track record of trying to airlock her commanders, is being put in charge of first contact with aliens. Mm, yes. When they said alien patrol lab, that gave me the impression that in this fictional universe, aliens are not that unusual. Like, and they have to patrol them because they're yeah. up to stuff. Yeah, exactly. Aliens are generally around and this is like the alien patrol lab, right? Yeah. Where we sort of just monitor, you know, occasionally like a few times a week we'll get a blip or, you know, a visitor from another galaxy yeah. or something. An alien will come in here and, you know, start going through our drawers. Yeah. <laughs> and Commander Plank can't have that. 
can't have that. He can't have so we need. I made a patrol lab. You got a patrol. Stop them doing it. Yeah. So but yeah, it, they've never had any contact with aliens ever. Yeah, but it it has had a child working in it for how long has he been working in five there? years? They say, and he's presumably fifteen also. Yeah. So since when he was ten years old. So when Orion was ten, presumably at the expense of his schooling and socialization. Well, they yeah they made him work in the alien patrol lab. Seeing if aliens show. This it's basically like SETI, right? That's what it's called. The yeah. The, the well, Plank says Plank says that because Cutter's a bit weird, and he starts saying it's. I think it's ludicrous that we've not found aliens, which is a word he's made up that's like rude and ludicrous. And Plank is like, oh yeah, he's a bit weird. He hasn't had any human contact. So it's like, is he not allowed out of the room? Is it a punishment? Know. What well, did he I, do? I think he's probably allowed out, but the terms of his contract involve him spending so much time in the alien patrol lab that he just you know. Yeah, like he's got all hours. He's shaken out of bed to go and monitor yeah, the, patrol alien. the aliens. But patrol then Plank, the aliens. he says, he says, "Oh, it's just a matter of time until we find aliens." And Plank is like, uh, "Okay, weirdo. Why do you have an alien patrol lab yeah. if you think it's if you think it's crazy?" This is going to be a running thing through this film that is extremely annoying, even if you aren't starving. That like. Yeah. They have an alien patrol lab on this space station and no one thinks it's even remotely possible that an alien will ever yeah. show up, ever. Throughout this entire scene, Plank is rolling his eyes at Orion doing the job that he gave him. Yeah, on the space station that he is in charge of. Presumably this was Plank's idea to install the alien patrol lab. Which and then is... put a 10-year-old child in charge of it yeah. and then roll his eyes at him doing the job properly. It's, it's a gigantic room. Like, space is at a premium up here on the... Space Day, right? Anyway, yeah. let's have a clip of, of Plank explaining Xenon's punishment. Xenon's being assigned to a month of three-hour evening shifts with a six-hour day on Saturdays. Cetus Commander! You can do your homework, you can catch up on a zap post, you simply need to be here. But why? You said nobody's ever gotten any kind of signal from anywhere. Oh, whoa, whoa. Uh, yet. But what if today's silence turns to tomorrow's thunderous Call from the void. Look, no lie, just last week, I uncovered evidence of a new planet that may have formed a mere 20 AU from Gamma Pictoris. Huh? Yeah, see? Well, I've got, I've got to get back to the command deck. Orion, you show her the ropes, you get her acclimated, then Xenon, I expect you to report back down here at 1900 hours tonight. So Orion salutes Plank as he leaves, and Plank is like, just stares blankly at him and then it's like, oh yeah, uh, sorry, yeah, salutes, I forgot. What is going on up here? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, things were already going weird in the space day. We covered yeah. that in like the last film. But yeah, man, things are just spiralling out of control. So Xenon is sentenced to work up here. Um, Orion tries to explain the setup to her, but she's not really interested. Uh, we cut her in the alien patrol lab. She's asleep. An alarm goes off. She thinks it's an alien signal, but actually it's Orion with an alarm clock waking her up. And he says, you survived your first shift. So that's going to be her job for the next uh, for the next indeterminate amount of time. <laughs> next stretch of her existence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why is the space station staffed by children? <laughs> Does Nebula have a job that she has to do sort of 40 hours a week in or something? Or Well, I mean, like you say, space is at a premium. If people are going to have children up there, they're going to need to be put to work. Yeah. You know what? That's a fair compromise. Have children, sure. Yeah. But... We are going to put them to work. They may be making first contact. Yeah, we're yeah. going to put them to work in the Argon mines. <laughs> so later, Xenon is talking to her mum about how boring it is in Alien yeah. Patrol Lab. 
Her mum is in comprehension mode minus, is Xenon. Yes. But then the news pipes up because there's a TV on this room. <laughs> so she's sad about Greg as well. And she says, Greg, AP duty, what else could go wrong? And then she looks to the TV. And the, the, the news says it's covering the news of the disappearance. Brace yourself, listener. The disappearance of Protozoa. That's right. The British space swaggering pop star. Yeah. Sorry, rock star. The cocksure rock star from (laughs) From Xenon 1. Apparently, since his return from the concert in space at the end of the last film, Protozoa hasn't been seen in public, nor has he been in the recording studio. What would life be like without Protozoa for his legion of fans, says the TV? Xenon goes ape While rumours of retirement are spreading like an oil slick, no one inside Protozoa's camp is willing to confirm or deny anything. So for now, all we can do is watch, wait and wonder. What would life without Protozoa be like for his legions of loyal fans? Cetus appears he can't be doing this. Why is he doing this? He is not doing this. He's on a break, a vacation, something. What in the universe is going on these days, Mom? All hands to the mess hall for an emergency briefing. Repeat, all hands to the mess hall for an emergency briefing. So before we get on to the subject of the emergency meeting, what would life be like without Protozoa for his legions of loyal fans? Presumably they know, because some time has passed since the concert in space and Protozoa hasn't been seen in public at all. Yeah. So to all intents and purposes, he has vanishes. Va- you know, but he the, has vanished the idea of Protozoa endures. Lives on. Yeah. He has not officially retired. So you can just sort of daydream right. about the good songs that he'll make in the future. Until the body is recovered, we cling to hope. <laughs> <laughs> we get proof of life from Protozoa. <laughs> so, so yeah, so Protozoa has gone missing. Just file that away. Don't worry. This film has many flaws. I mean, it, it's basically just flaws, but it sure does have an awful lot of protozoa, uh, yeah. which is its one redeeming feature. Yeah. So this emergency meeting. So Plank has called it. He says that Wincom has collapsed, unsurprisingly, seeing as the CEO tried to blow up the space station he owned for the insurance money with himself on board. Plank says that coming in to fill the gap left by Wincom is, bizarrely, the US military. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all twirling their rifles and yeah. spinning them around. <laughs> Someone holds up their hand and says, what does it mean having the military take charge of us? And Plank explains that uh, apparently some space station components could be detached and jettisoned, mm-hmm. which, which is basically the film's way, that this fu- a, a fun sci-fi way of saying there may be layoffs on the space station. Yeah, certain personnel might be reassigned to Earth. No, shouts everyone. Um, they'd all go to jail on Earth, presumably. Well, sure. They've all committed such terrible crimes on Earth that the only place that would take them was this space station. <laughs> well, I mean, they'll only go to prison on Earth if the remains of the space station are found. That's where all the evidence of their crimes is, is kept, you know. I think a lot of them did crimes on Earth and then ah, took, yes. took this job to get away from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Commander Plank was like, I'm offering you a second chance. Yeah, it's outside yeah. of everyone's jurisdiction. <laughs> Just look in that drawer and you'll see what I mean. <laughs> They caught me with that back on Earth. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> so, um, Plank explains that actually the US military has a very valid concern. Mm. Why are they even coming up at all? What do they want? As near as I can understand it, there's concern that some sectors of our station are deteriorating. 
at a rate rapid enough to pose a threat to the remainder of the base. Are, are they considering shutting us down altogether? To the best of my limited knowledge, absolutely not. Look, the most prudent thing we can all do is relax. So we see a spaceship flying up to the space station. It's General Hammond, who is the leader of the US military forces in space. And he apparently wants to see Xenon ASAP. What is the US military's interest in this space station? Um, well, uh, what are they doing out there? Like scientific research? They're doing scientific research. I think it, it becomes like clear throughout the film that their interest in the space station is not having it crash into a major metropolitan area <laughs> when it falls out of the sky. <laughs> but what's weird is that like, no one seems to bat an eyelid that the military's coming up and, you know, is like sort of taking... Uh, wouldn't you assume that your space station is being turned into like a golden eye... <laughs> a golden eye laser. laser. Yeah, right. Well, then at least it would be doing something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. As opposed to now. What was Xenon's parents? They were like they w- bone density in mice or something. Yeah, weren't they like floating a, a rock or yeah. something, something? Did you know things float in space? Yeah, I did well, know now that. We, now, we know, we, now we know for sure. Yeah, did you know I can build a moonraker laser? <laughs> so anyway, so the US military's interest in the space station is a question mark for now. Um, I think it's worth noting... When just just because we're doing this straight after Cadet Kelly, I, I suppose I had this in more, mind more than I otherwise would. This film came out on January 12th, 2001. Yeah. And I think it's interesting to think of how differently the US military is portrayed yes. from this film to Cadet Kelly. Which was only the year after. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. a lot happened yes. in that year. In this film, the US military is portrayed as a sort of interfering and overbearing and not understanding... Pompous uh, and pompous, slightly villainous even. Yeah, um, like extremely uh, bureaucratic, messy... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just... I think I think it's interesting. Yeah. So he's got a mission for Xenon, this General Hammond. Yeah. Uh, he wants her to be responsible for the care and comfort of his precious daughter, who is there also for some reason, and also is Margie. Remember Margie? <laughs> we just talked about her. Remember Margie? She was the girl from the first one. The evil mean girl from Earth. Yeah, that's right. So Margie uh, strolls in. Um, th- I was an- I became annoyed at this point because I, ha- I have seen this film before. Because you were hungry. I was so hungry, Andy. <laughs> my stomach was screaming at me and my eyes were taking in Xenon too, non-stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of it yeah. happening to your eyes. So like, yeah, this was annoying to me because the film is has already set up one plot with this like mm-hmm. alien lab. Yeah. And then it sets up what I think is a much more interesting plot. Xenon has to babysit petulant bratty Margie, her nemesis from Earth. Yeah, her main enemy, yeah. Bearing in mind that these movies are supposed to be like a high school drama, but everyone's wearing reflective aluminium jackets and stuff. Sure, 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 sure. Like, Xenon having to babysit Margie is, to me, much more interesting. And I think there is much more interesting stuff in that. But it's, it's... it's irritating to already know that neither plot is going to be served properly. <laughs> Both are going to just sort of wither yeah. um, and fall apart. So Margie says that it's Trey Viral that Greg broke up with Xenon. Yeah, she's sort of gloating about Greg dumping Needling her, Xenon. Yeah. Xenon explains that this is her turf, but Margie counters that her dad is in charge and she's in charge of her dad because she's got it wrapped around her finger. So checkmate. Yeah. And then she tries to borrow clothes from Xenon. Yeah, she says, how fabulo with this look on me. And Xenon says, it just arrived from the virtual mole this morning. All right, stop everything. <laughs> yeah. This is more, more space day law. <laughs> the 
virtual mall. Okay, so the virtual. Okay, we okay. know this is this is huge. This is the huge. virtual mall. The virtual mall. Okay, so so that means the clothes aren't made on the space station, nor are they available on the space station, because otherwise it would be a physical mall, right? We've seen quite a lot of the space station. There cannot be a mall, or indeed any shopping. There's in no the space commerce station. on There's the no space commerce. station. Their food is manufactured in a kind of Star Trek uh, sort of you know replicator, re- replicator yeah. thing. Presumably, clothes are as well. But if that's the case, why is it exciting to get this new dress when at any point you could have been replicating like any like it just arrived from the virtual mall this morning that Mm. suggested it was delivered and not sort of beamed out of a replicator. Where is the virtual mall? Is it a separate space station? I don't think so. Is it an Internet thing? I was thinking like when I heard this, I was like, oh, it must be a, a store on Earth. That just makes oh. like weird, weirdo space clothes. And the only people who buy it are the weirdo space guys who live up on the space station. Maybe the virtual mall is just Amazon. Because you have to remember that this movie came out before any of the technology that we have now. Yes. But they were trying to anticipate all the technology that we have now. So maybe it's just online shopping. It's like, I bought this dress online. And what that means is that it, yeah. it came with a delivery. It was delivered to the space station this morning. I ordered it online with my Zap pad and it was delivered to me. I think it's just like an incredibly niche like clothing company. You know, like when you go to Camden Market and oh, yeah, yeah, you've yeah, got, yeah. Like got Cy- those shops. Cyberdog or whatever Yeah, like Cyberdog yeah, yeah. or they've got those shops that just sell like clothes for vampires. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. That kind of thing. Or Actually, like, yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's like this one rave, guy. Rave culture. Yeah. Yeah. I call it the, the only people who buy cl- <laughs> The only people who buy clothes from him are these space weirdos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You have to yeah. sort of put on a little VR headset and step inside his virtual mall and you can buy some of his reflective aluminium clothes. But yeah, Xenon doesn't want to let Margie borrow her cool space dress. But Margie says, well, you like living in space, right? So be nice to me or I'll have you kicked off the space station. So Xenon, beaten, hands over the dress. You fully love living up here in space, right? So? So, if you're not Mondo nice to me? I'll tell Daddy, I don't think you cars deserve to stay on this station. Sinus Lapidus, you think your father's gonna reassign us just because you tell him to? Wanna find out? Um, no, it's okay. Let's just make this simple. You be super, super sweet to me, and everything will be fine. So we then get a kind of montage of Margie doing blackmail. Yeah, she's making Xenon cut her meat for her at dinner. Yeah. Uh, she has to do her homework. At dessert, they both reach for the same slice of space cake and Xenon is forced to surrender it. It's funny that in this montage of like three things, two of them are in the cafeteria. <laughs> well, they've only got the one set. Yeah. So. Um, Unfortunately. So yeah, so so uh, Margie is making Xenon's like hell uh, Xenon says to Nebula that it's like her sole mission in life is to send me into Meltdown Major. Yeah. Um, Xenon says to Nebula that things are bad, but she says that she won't be defeated. Mm. And the military is already closing down modules on the space station. Lynx's yeah. family and the Namies are out tomorrow on the morning shuttle. Uh, it's really happening. Luckily, Xenon's parents' experiments on mouse bones or whatever it was are still yeah. considered important enough that they're still... Allowed to live well, there. the military application of a, of a light boned mouse are enormous, <laughs> <laughs> or or a very very heavy boned mouse. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> bullets are expensive, so instead <laughs> we'll fire a very heavy boned mice. It's hollow point mouse <laughs> explodes inside of you, <laughs> and 
you know, get two two mice bullets, and yeah. like a day later, you've got six, and then a day after that, you've got ten. Oh my they, gosh, yes, they replicate themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop a heavy so, mouse off of a plane. Yeah, the crater when that thing lands. Boom. That's right. Yep. Oppenheimer Forget- wept when he saw. <laughs> Forget about it. When he saw the these heavy he mice. The military applications of these dense mice. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what they're working on. Yep. Uh, so, Xenon uh, is giving Margie a pedicure. Yeah, she's still, she's still got her feisty spirit. She, yeah. pranks, she pranks her. She, yeah, um, and she swaps Margie's nail polish for super glue. Yeah. Uh, later, we see Margie go to take her socks off, and she's unable to because yep. there was super glue on her toenails. That's which, right. She's pranked. Yeah, it doesn't make sense because you wouldn't put your socks on with wet nail polish. So that would that would happen with regular nail polish if you put socks on with wet nail polish and it hardened. Yeah, it would still be stuck to your socks. So I don't know what she's complaining. I don't know. About. And yet so- somehow Margie is like xenon. <laughs> I'm I'm pranked. pranked. She shouts. I've been pranked senseless. Um, the other thing about this is. Having been pranked, Margie probably now will just have Xenon's family sent to Earth. Which, yeah, she will just press the button that opens the airlock in Xenon's parents' quarters. Yeah, right. Like, the whole point of this montage is that Margie has enormous leverage over Xenon because her dad is the the general, yeah. the, the general who now runs the space station. And, like you know, she has influence over who gets sent back to Earth. So by pranking Margie, Xenon has sort of seemingly broken the terms of their blackmail. Yeah. And Margie would be well within her rights to eject the whole family into space. Yeah. No no court in the land would convict, frankly. But Xenon's already being punished, as we know, doing alien patrol. And we get a shot here of um of the the space station in sort of wide shot, and then down in like the basement of the space station yeah. is where the alien looking pod is. That's where Xenon <laughs> is sitting. It's got a window, and you might see an alien out of it. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, suddenly, the dish outside spins and it beeps. The waves on the screen move around significantly. Yep. Xenon calls Plank and says, "Get down here." But when Plank and Orion get down here, they they, they aren't impressed. They say that the signal is probably just interference. Yeah, you'd think at least Orion would be hyphy about this. Yeah, right. Um, well, actually, if I was Orion and I'd spent five years in here with nary a, a bleep on the monitor and then Xenon yeah. just swans in and is like, found them, I would be like, no, you didn't. That yeah. could have been anything. I'll, I'll find the aliens, thanks. Yeah. Xenon yeah. says she heard a, a zoom was the sound that she heard. A zoom noise. Orion says it's probably a stray radio signal from Earth. It happens all the time. And then Plank says, no one's ever found the slightest trace of aliens here. I signed you here to keep you out of trouble. It's a bullshit duty for idiots. No offence, Orion. This is so annoying because Plank is like, look, we've never found evidence of aliens before. It's like, well, obviously. Yeah. But that's that's that doesn't mean it's pointless to look, <laughs> right? He's, he's like, look, we've never found evidence of aliens, so this unusual reading on the alien detection software is probably yeah. nothing. No, it's probably aliens, Commander Plank. They're giving Xenon absolutely nothing. Um, We're like, well, there's never been a Higgs boson before, yeah. so I don't think this is one. We've never had electricity before, Mr. Faraday. Yeah. So f*** off. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Faraday goes back to electricity detection duty. <laughs> I really found it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I heard yeah. a zoom, an electrical zoom. Likely story. Likely story. Let's beat him. The other thing to note about this scene is that Orion is wearing Gunnar glasses for real gamers. Um, 
Yeah, right. It's got like those orange he's, Bono shades. He's a real, he's a real gamer. Yeah. So Xenon's getting nothing from Orion and Plank. She goes to her parents um, and they're like, yeah, it's nothing probably. Xenon is annoyed that no one believes her. And then her dad accuses her of inventing the signal to put herself back in the spotlight, which it, like, wow, dad. It's horrible. Dad, you of all people should believe me. You're always the one yakking to me about opening my mind, believing the impossible, pushing the limits. Absolutely, Z. But... Don't get mad at me for saying this, but you've been having a pretty lousy few days. Margie, Greg, Protozoa disappearing. Oh, don't you think it's possible you could have invented this signal just to put yourself back in the spotlight? Dad! Nobody would blame me for it. How pathetic major do you think I am? I heard a zum. So the way he says this is so like... <laughs> He's like he's being so reasonable. He's like, now, honey, now, darling. is it is it possible that you made all this up because you're a pathological liar who needs <laughs> attention or she'll die? Honey, I say this with love. Is it possible you're making it up so people think you're interesting when you aren't? No one would blame you if you were. <laughs> Piss off, wow. Dad. Wow. <laughs> it's horrible. Unbelievable. But yeah, this uh, the the way people on this space station react to Xenon possibly having made first contact with aliens is incredible. The, the next scene, two small annoying boys with like wandering Australian accents are harassing her and saying that she didn't find aliens. They are spectacularly dressed. They look like they're cosplaying as Lego minifigs. It's, <laughs> it's wild. Um, one of them says, next you'll be saying an extraterrestrial ate your homework. Everybody yeah. on the space station thinks the idea of intelligent life is totally... Absolute gut bustingly hilarious. Yeah. And then Xenon says, laugh all you want, clown boys, which is a pretty good comeback. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. They yeah. do look like clowns. Um, Meanwhile, Margie is showing everyone memes on her hollow projector. <laughs> <laughs> Check out how many memes this thing has. So, yeah, Mar is this, we're in the recreation area now. All the teens are gathered around Margie. She has the latest tech because I guess her dad is a general and is mm. pulling down general money it doesn't take discs or anything it's wired into a totally unlimited catalog of movies you can upload by hitting a button what do you mean upload by hitting a button yeah, you so upload this... movies you upload your own movies how this... does this work i don't know um i mean it's, like it's kind of like describing the pirate Netflix. Bay. it's like yes yeah it is that's right yes margie's seeding margie's seeding yeah. her yeah look seed your torrents because it's polite to the uh, margie says it even has romeo and juliet on mars one and two okay says nebula what happens in romeo and juliet on mars two <laughs> the funerals they they both come back to life because of Mar <laughs> the power Mars's. of love brings the well you think it's the power of love but it's the power of the demon that lives inside mars oh right yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> And then it becomes Doom 2. Yeah, Argent Energy brings back Romeo and Juliet <laughs> on the top of future robotic spiders. <laughs> and then Romeo and Juliet must rip and tear until the job is done. <laughs> the idea of, look, the writers could have made this anything. It could have been like Twelfth Night 1 and 2. It could have been, uh, uh, well, okay, it could have, now, it could now have said else. like, oh, it's, you know, Blast Fantasto in space yeah just make something up just make taming of the shrew one and two why choose something where famously at the end the protagonists <laughs> die that's the most memorable thing about romeo and juliet one well i i i would put i would put a lot of money on the fact that the writers of xenon 2 have not read or seen romeo and juliet <laughs> don't care to learn yeah <laughs> so anyway everyone's going to margie's quarters to watch romeo and juliet on mars but xenon can't yeah. because she's got the ap duty of course zoom you later 
says the Australian boy. Whoa. Yeah. Gotcha. Even Nebula is on Margie's side. She's off to watch the, the movie and Xenon is all alone. This is her yeah. lowest point. Nebula's like, well, you do kind of have to do the duty, so I may as well go watch... Yeah, the good movie. Romeo be grafted into the Icon of Sin. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best bit. <laughs> Um, so Xenon's in the lab. She's all alone. The dish moves around again. Zum, 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 it says. The zooming is stronger than before. Uh, Xenon starts running. No one's around. But then Plank is around. Yeah. Another zum. He doesn't believe. <laughs> He's not convinced at all. He's not convinced. He's, so Plank says, Plank says that if this was really aliens, the computer would be doing a normal bleep. The normal bleep that it does when an unimaginable when... being enters your civilization. <laughs> In walks the general. What's going on here? Nothing, says Plank. Uh, you're not hearing alien voices again, I hope, says the general. Why do you hope that? You should hope that she is. This is an incredible discovery. It's wild. Also, the I can't get this thing. We're like, oh, it can't be aliens because we know what the computer would do if aliens showed up. Isn't the point of aliens that we don't know what will happen? You have to be on. What your are you detecting with this alien detector? Yeah. If you don't, if you've never met an alien, no, no, it'll do the normal bleep when it detects an alien. If it if it does a bleep, then you, this is like the genius thing, right? This is the, that's the noise it makes when we discover the graviton. <laughs> the graviton. Like, this you if it has a normal bleep to do, then it must know what an alien what it's looking for. What it's looking for. Well, it's, Xenon uh, Xenon explains uh, the zones. And, and the, gen, so the general hungry, Andy, I was <laughs> so hungry. The general's position is that if all these alien detectors are going off, that can only mean one thing: <laughs> they're malfunctioning. It's time to deactivate them. <laughs> are uh, suddenly zumming, uh, clearly indicating major malfunction. And then uh, perhaps this module should be the next one considered for deactivation? No, 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 nothing's malfunctioning. I heard what I heard, honest. Even though the graph spikes clearly indicate nothing more than normal satellite interference. Cetus Lapidus, just because I can't explain it doesn't mean it's not true. Let it go, Zena. In fact, I think it would be better if we suspended the rest of your assignment up here. Xenon, you're done. As in banned for life? From this moment on, you are under direct orders to stay out of this lab. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Just fire it out into space. <laughs> they have a big argument with Xenon and Plank is like, uh, you're banned actually from being in the alien lab. Yeah, you're, um, doing, you're, you're finding aliens and that's not what we wanted to happen yeah, here. So. <laughs> here in the alien detection lab. <laughs> so you're fired. <laughs> Um, so, Z Z yeah. yes. Xenon's dad explains that um, Wyndham and Lutz's shenanigans up here on the space station knocked it out of its orbit and it's now in danger of crashing into Earth, which, you know, does make the military's position a little more understandable. So the idea is that if any of the older, more vulnerable components, and when we say components, like, uh, just to describe it for the listener, it, the, the space station looks like two big hula hoops, like one on top of the other. But each hula hoop is made out of like five bits, and they kind yeah, of and they can detach they like can detach, chunks, yeah, segments of the ring. They can detach. They can detach so that if you ever want to just fire one into space with the loss of all yeah. hands, you can. Well, if yeah, if necromorphs start taking over part of the ship, you can yeah. sort of exactly isolate it and blast yeah. that off into it's, space. It's safe, which you know yeah. it kind of makes sense. So anyway, so the entire so so. If any of the older, more vulnerable components push us further out of whack, Dad explains, the entire space station could come crashing down to Earth. Yeah. I don't know if this makes sense. I don't set myself up as a, as a physicist, but, like, the whole space station is weightless, right? How do the modules just existing risk anything? Yeah, yeah, it's not like 
I mean, I guess the ship is drifting towards Earth's gravitational... If anything, surely the only thing that's going to disturb orbit is firing off a module. Which is what, <laughs> yeah, right. Which, which is going to push the space station in the other direction, right? Yeah. Unless they're jettisoning modules to nudge it back on course. like Or they're jettisoning modules into Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah, yeah, to sort of push it back out into space. Yeah, but it'll, it'll land on one of the countries. Yeah, the, is our enemies. It'll land on America's enemies. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan. That's that's what they're turning this into. That's the gold. Yeah. A golden eye laser is expensive, so we thought we'd just fire bits of the <laughs> we shit. Just, we just drop Nebula's house on <laughs> on our enemies. Yeah, they've become emboldened recently. Yeah. So, um, in this scene, the the mama's got her sort of her light up bike helmet yeah did we describe it last time as a sex yeah. hat or have i imagined that <laughs> you might be imagining that i hope it i was... imagined that that'll be a weird thing to have slipped into my mind yeah okay yeah so it's like a kind of flashing helmet that de-stresses her she puts it on when she's stressed out yeah she's stressed uh, out it does it is not effective because it, it seems like it's stressing her out she's only when you when you see mom and she's stressed out she's always wearing this helmet so yeah it's probably not just bear that in mind yeah that all the sort of most uh, emotionally impactful scenes of this movie <laughs> the mom is wearing a red light up <laughs> bike helmet <laughs> so commander plank <laughs> commander plank has a new office it's a broom closet <laughs> Hammond, General Hammond has taken his office. Yeah. I think, well, seeing as Hammond's in your office plank, why not just kill him using the computer? <laughs> just open the airlock. Just open the airlock. Just for one second. You could open it so briefly it wouldn't even show up on the log. <laughs> just... <laughs> has anyone seen the general? Not me. Oh, the general's eyes have burst like fried eggs. <laughs> He's dead. Man, I, I guess it was happened. just his time. Anyway, I'm in charge again. <laughs> So Plank is despondent inside his broom closet. He's about ready to pack in his whole career. But Xenon gives him a little pep talk, says, this this isn't you talking, Plank. You're a, yeah, you're a space weirdo, remember? He says, have my aliens taken over your body? But Plank says, your aliens are a big part of why General Hammond is mad. It makes us look like a bunch of, quote, space kooks. I don't know if that's the main yeah, reason, Commander to Plank, be honest. This is not what makes you look like space kooks. It's everything that you're wearing and saying. <laughs> and doing and naming your children. <laughs> so they, Xenon is walking through the space station. A sad walk through the. She's corridor. a pariah for having heard an alien. Children yeah. mock her to her face. Yes. Uh, Margie and Nebula are besties now. Oh. Um, what, Margie needs Xenon to write her a school report on the stock market crash of two thousand and six. Holy shit! Pretty close film. Two thousand and seven financial crisis. Yeah. Oh, when did this? So this is two. This is two thousand and one, right? This is just yeah. a sort of throwaway gag about a stock market crash of you know two thousand and six in the future. But maybe this is like close. attempted attempted stock market manipulation by Michael Eisner. <laughs> yes, he's playing the long game. Yeah, this is insider yeah. trading. He's gonna, he's gonna dump a bunch of stock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's gonna yeah he's gonna short everything. Just before yeah. the date that everyone's expecting it. Maybe... Unfor- unfortunately, not enough people watched Zeno the sequel. <laughs> I and he did end up <laughs> taking a bath. Dumped all of his Disney stock. <laughs> and now I just wait for all the Xenon fans. <laughs> oh, man. This company needs a real shot in the arm. I know. I'll open Disneyland Paris. Sell, sell, sell. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe it could be one of those things where, like, you know how market crashes tend to happen because people think they might? Yeah. And, like, people lose confidence. Mm-hmm. So it could be one of those things where just, you know, people watch Xenon 2. Bear market. Yeah, exactly. People watch Xenon 2 
in 2001 forgot about that and then when it kind of came round to 2007 yeah. they were like I feel like something bad was going to happen maybe you know maybe I should get rid of these mortgage yeah, get- securities <laughs> 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 And they, yeah, so Xenon caused the 2007 financial crisis. Yeah, which is just yeah. one of its crimes. Yeah. But anyway, Xenon and Nebula, previous besties, are now at loggerheads. Would you please tell me why you're acting so inky? Fabulo? Nebula, I can't believe you used her word. It slipped out, okay? Do you want to laser zap me for it? I'm sorry. What's this really about? She's a pain major, Neb. To you, maybe. Do I have to hate her just because you do? You would if you were really my BF. Xenon, that's not fair. You've been so caught up in this whole alien thing, I've hardly even seen you. I'm just hanging around Margie because it's something to do. Fine, go with her and ride the inky commuter pod. I hope you have a fabulous time. So after this brutal falling out with Nebula, Xenon is alone in her room. She's playing Solar Solitaire on her zap pad. This is so annoying. It's called Solar Solitaire, Mm -hmm. and it seems to do exactly the same thing as Earth Solitaire, except when you lose, it goes, in a grating human voice. (laughs) It's like, honestly, it's just Solitaire. It's not 3D or anything. It doesn't even... That's the voice of the sun. That's what makes it so... Yeah, it just goes like, when you lose. (laughs) It's, yeah. But then the zap pad beeps. Um, Xenon looks intrigued. Downloading now, says the screen. Zoom, 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 says the transmission Mm. why does that sound so familiar says xenon and then the camera crash zooms in on a cutout of protozoa's face (gasps) that's right you remember his song from the last film zoom 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 zoom. make my heart go go boom 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 boom. my supernova girl (laughs) you remember the good the good song everyone remembers the good song if there's one thing everyone remembers from the original xenon it was the good song there's one thing everyone remembers from their childhood it's the song from xenon yeah the good song the good song supernova girl so um, her mind blown, Xenon summons Orion to, to hear this. And we'll, we'll yeah. play a clip so that you too, listener, can hear the signal. Are you referring aliens sent you that? Why? Cetus don't you get it? They're not trying to contact anyone on the space day. The aliens want to meet Protozoa. Don't tell me it's more proof of the thing I've spent five long, lonely years searching for. He rolls his eyes. Xenon. <laughs> He's like, so Ryan's, are you inferring that aliens sent you that? And then Xenon leaps boldly to, to the following conclusion that, mm. that the aliens must want to meet Protozoa, yeah. which, is, which is an interpretation, Xenon, sure. I, w- I mean, earlier on, Orion said that they, they get like stray radio signals from Earth all right. the time. I would say a pop yeah. song... The- Being on your zap pad is pretty strong proof that you've got a radio signal from Earth. Yeah, the immensely popular pop song that is being broadcast around the globe non-stop. And, and if if I was Xenon, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. I've just realised this oh, Zoom it's is... just a radio signal. It's not just that it's a radio signal. It's a radio signal I should have recognised as a big Protozoa fan. Yeah. And, you know, clearly I'm, you know... One well, of a big micro- microbe fan. Microbe fan. Yeah, microbe yeah. is Protozoa's... <laughs> Band, yeah, uh, yeah. What a fake fan I am! Mm. I didn't even recognise this signal as zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go boom, boom, boom. My supernova yeah. girl. So as soon as um, Xenon says that uh, the aliens want to meet Protozoa, Orion is now for some reason a hundred percent on board. Yeah, um, we should tell Plank. He says, um, but Xenon disagrees because Plank and Hammond aren't interested that aliens are real. 
any mention of the aliens goes down terribly. So, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, it's time for Sector 7 to be jettisoned. So yeah. they're kind of walking down the corridor as they do this and they hurriedly strap themselves in. We see, we see it going. It is yeah. a huge chunk of the space station. It's a full quarter of the yeah. inhabitable space yeah. of this 20% of the space station is just fired out. What I would say is definitely a large enough thing to not burn up on entry when it sort of <laughs> heads towards Earth. Yeah, right. Because, yeah, this this thing is going to leave a mark, folks. <laughs> and with the orbit all askew, I don't think they know exactly where it's going to land. But I guess the military knows it's not going to be America. So it'll be yeah. fine. So Xenon is talking to Nebula. Uh, Nebula breaks the brutal news. We got tapped, she says. Um, Her parents do all their experiments on Sector 12, and that's the next one to go. So they're going to be sent back to Earth. This is bad news. That's right. Xenon can't believe this, and she won't accept it. I don't care how many foreign enemies General Hammond has. He's never been to war with Xenon Carr. (laughs) It's It's such a weird line. I don't mm. care how many foreign enemies he has <laughs> at home and abroad. I don't care. I don't care how many foreign. How emboldened his enemies have become. I don't care how many foreign enemies he has. It's like she says foreign with a capital F. Yeah. I don't care how many foreign enemies he has. General Hammond has never been to war with Xenon Carr. So she's got a plan. Yeah. To to stop this injustice. Uh, as a, as a side note, it seems that Margie can't do anything to stop Nebula being sent to Earth, even though Margie and Nebula are friends now. Yeah. Right. Which is how. Xenon should be able to tell that Margie's threats are and always were empty because it seems like Margie doesn't have any influence over her father at all. Yeah, because, yeah, Nebula is definitely Nebula's going. going. Yeah. Unless Xenon's plan works. So they, we cut to the plan. They're pushing a crate through a corridor. They carry the box into a storage room. Nebula's stuff is <laughs> Sorry, in there. I just want to say, I think this is supposed to be happening like at night and in secret. Yeah. But you can clearly see like an extra or film crew run past behind them. like sort of, <laughs> yeah. And they kind of scurry as if to say, like, I'm not here, I'm not here, I'm not here. I'm not here. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry, it's fine. sorry, sorry, sorry. No, sorry. Just sorry, do it again. Just, just do this scene quickly again. No, you're not going to. You're not doing it. You're not doing it again. Not doing it again. You're okay, recording well, just... me saying this. All right. I'll just... <laughs> this is in the film. Okay, well, I should I should stop talking then. <laughs> I okay, would, I would say something now. horrifying so that you can't use it in the film, but I'm not convinced that you wouldn't. <laughs> And then it's my ass. Oh no, I said ass. You can't say that on the Disney Channel. Anyway, great scene, everyone. So yeah. So anyway, yeah, they're sneaking. They're sneaking this crate through, Andy. Sorry. Keep continue. Yeah. So uh, Nebula stuff is in the storage room. Her and Xenon have a heart to heart about how they'll how they're going to cope without each other. Um, lurking among the boxes is Margie for some reason. And Xenon tries to cheer Nebula up by listing the good things about Earth. The food is lunarious, she says. Hey. At least it's not as gaseous as we used to imagine it to be. The food, the food is lunarious. The second you get there, you have to order a bacon double mushroom onion cheeseburger and dedicate it to me. Don't forget to try the O-rings. Yeah, try, try, she's done it again. <laughs> okay. Try the, o- try the O-rings. Okay, look, look, let's be real. We've, let's be real here. Let's be real here. Um... One of the one of the reasons I begrudge Xenon One was because it 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 led us into a a, a lion's den of deep mm. professional embarrassment. Andy, do you remember yes. how? Well, they used the phrase "blow an O ring" a lot, and we could we sort of tried to figure out the meaning of that phrase. We were just trying to have fun, trying to yeah come up mm. with like what they could possibly mean, and we were goofing on it and stuff. And then a million people re email me and still email me every day to tell me that blow an O ring. Uh, is the was the cause of the of the Challenger disaster, 
yeah. the, the real horrible disaster and and that in which and, yeah, people died in which yeah. people died and that's what blowing an o-ring is in reference to and so i i cannot believe that this film doubles down on this what i i they do they do it again later yeah and so that sort of like puts pay to this theory but when i heard this the first time i was like oh this is a fairly shameless attempt to wreck on the meaning of o-ring because in this context it sounds like she's talking about onion rings <gasps> right no no wait so that means that the filmmakers want us to believe that in xenon one she's saying mom Don't would blow totally an blow ring. an onion ring <laughs> Well, when you put it like that, I think it's pretty unlikely. Writers are like, that's what they meant. Writers are like bulletproof. (laughs) She says you have to order a bacon double mushroom onion cheeseburger and don't forget to try the O-rings. That's obviously an onion ring reference. Yeah, right. Don't don't blow an onion ring. (laughs) It's good advice. My mum is totally blowing an onion ring right now. We've been banned from chilies. <laughs> oh. Okay. Oh. Sidebar here, yeah, just, yeah, um, yeah. before we move on. Yes, um, okay. So Xenon says, oh, yeah, you've got to order a bacon double mushroom onion cheeseburger. Ew. Um, do- bacon double yeah. mu- mushroom. Okay. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, like it's a preposterous burger. But do you- Sure. Okay, one of, like, a pet peeve that I have in restaurants, yeah. and I don't know if you find this, I, th- I think there's nothing more humiliating a person can do than... <laughs> Re- then read the exact name of the food that is on the menu. <laughs> so you go to you go to a restaurant. Yeah, you you are right. That's never I've never thought to be annoyed by that before, but now I will be for the rest of my life. For the rest of your life, yeah. yeah thanks, so you Andy. go to a restaurant that has one steak on the menu. Yes, and it'll be called like the twenty eight day aged yeah. sirloin of Herefordshire beef or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, someone will go, oh, oh yeah, I'll have the, um, 28 the 28 day, day aged, aged um, sirloin, sirloin of Herefordshire, Herefordshire beef, beef, please. Yeah, no, yeah. you don't. Just do say, that. I'll have the steak. I'll have the please. steak. Yeah. Because so the, it's so humiliating. Because that oh, way, I'll, if you're what a, do you want? Yeah. Oh, I'll, ha- I'll have the corn fed chicken breast, please. Uh, Just say, I'll have the chicken. Also, the, if you're in a restaurant where like the food has fun names, like, uh, I don't know, like the salmon fit for a king or something. Yeah, you can just the say, posh prawn cocktail the way mother used to make. Yeah, or yeah. Something. You could you can just say like I'll have the salmon, please, and not hmm. I'll have the salmon fit for a king. I just I can't I can't bear it when yeah. I can hear other diners ordering. One of yeah, and and also like it makes me feel uh, good and slick and a little bit Don Draper to read what I want on the menu and to figure out how to I can pu- summarise that into yeah, yeah. a single word. Yeah, uh, I'll have the fish and chips, please. The sea bass, thanks. Yeah. You know, yeah, just the just the steak, yeah. the chicken, the please. risotto. You know, they know there's only one risotto, unless it's a risotto restaurant. Don't go to a risotto really, restaurant. Oh my god, I can't, I can't stand it. Uh, okay, well, all right, good new. Pet peeve unlocked. Thanks, <laughs> Andy. And for all you listeners, you probably have close personal friends who do this, who you won't be able yeah. to be friends with anymore. Because they're asked for the 28-day-aged Age. sirloin of Herefordshire beef. Herefordshire, be- Herefordshire beef. I'll have the beef, please. Just say just say, I'll have the I'll beef, I'll have the please. beef. Yeah, I'll have the steak. Oh, man. I would... Yeah. I'm trying to think of the worst menu item to do this with. Some of the Burger King ones are kind of wacky. What's a really what's a wacky restaurant? 
TGI Fridays. What are TGI the things Fridays. called in TGI Fridays? I'm bringing up the menu. Oh, yeah. It'd be like, oh, no, Guy Fieri's Flavor Town. Oh, yeah. I'm going Flavor Town menu PDF. Okay, Flavor Town menu. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, I'll have Guy's Awesome Pretzel Pull Apart. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, yes, I'll have the uh, trash can nachos, please. <laughs> Just say nachos. Could I have the holy hummus and house pickles? That's yeah, sorry, ho- holy, hum- holy hummus and house pickles. I- I'd like the ain't no thing but a chicken wing, please. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, no. Just the chicken, just the chicken wings. Just say chicken wings. Uh, yes, could I ask... Um, what kind of meat do you use in the tatted up turkey burger? <laughs> oh, God. Could you be friends with someone who, instead of saying, uh, I'll have the uh, pulled pork sandwich, says, I'll have the Motley Q pulled pork sandwich? <laughs> yeah, I'd like the uh, <laughs> the Funkin' Donut Freak Shake, please. Why do you do this? I'll have the go- Don, Don Draper. <laughs> he's sitting at the bar. He's mulling his latest big pitch to the ad men. <laughs> Sw- swilling, a, yeah. Swilling a, a measure of Blanton's bourbon. Looks like that uh, old fashioned's getting pretty low, friend. What can I get you? I'll have a go big or go home Hail Mary, Bloody Mary. Thanks. It's one of your party bowlers. <laughs> Served in a large bowl for two. <laughs> Damn, Godfieri's is a good restaurant, though, isn't it? It is good, though. Oh, it yeah. is good. Andy, I think I'm the best dressed man in space. Why have you been to the virtual mall? I have been to the. I've been to the. Oh, I've been to the virtual mall. Yeah. Do you know what I bought at the virtual mall? What did you get at the virtual mall? Is it that huge silver collar that is the height of your head that oh. you're you're wearing around? <laughs> oh, this old thing. I just threw it on. As you'll notice, I'm wearing these uh, these very stylish space boots. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah, they're silver with a sort of purple metallic lightning bolt down the side. Don't I look good? I got it on the virtual mall as well. Oh, hey, you do look pretty good. I can't imagine how we could possibly look better. Let me just quickly check through all the websites in the world to make sure none of them have any cooler clothes. Uh, no, 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 no,
and I'm just saying, insert coin if you're listening, if you check the data on this code and nobody used it, that doesn't mean the ad wasn't good. <laughs> okay? Right? S- simply use the code ZAVE with Save discount. With dis- Zave with yes. Zave with discount what, for ten percent off online orders. Zave with discount. Ten percent off online orders. Codes are not applicable on charity items, bundles, gift cards, postage, and some products at launch. Codes cannot be combined with other deals or promotions and are valid until the end of twenty twenty three. That code again, Zave with discount. I love insert coin stuff. I, I have a cool Elden Ring hoodie that I am going to wear tomorrow. Yeah, well, don't be surprised if next time you see me, I'm dressed as uh, Diva. Oh, I won't. Andy, if Xenon isn't able to find her aliens, then how is she going to find a doctor? How is anyone on the space day supposed to find a doctor? I haven't seen a single one. And say, for example, Xenon has opened the airlock in your quarters. You've been sucked out into space. They did manage to retrieve you, but you've suffered life-changing injuries as a result of your time in the vacuum of space. What do you do then? Well, I don't know. I mean, I I would ask around my friends. I would maybe do some futile Googling on my zap pad. But you've got to remember my eyes are all frosted up. I can can barely see and my esophagus has been expanded in the vacuum of space. Looking Looking for Doctor Who will come up to space station to check out my vacuum injuries. Yeah, I mean... Oh, zero results. Not... You need a you need a doctor specifically that takes your space station insurance. Yeah. And I imagine the space station insurance is something that Commander Plank cooked up himself and is some kind of pyramid scheme. So they're pro- it's probably hard to find a doctor that takes it. Yeah, well, what the people on the space station need, and indeed what our listeners in the US need, yeah. is ZocDoc, which is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. We're talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat almost any condition you're searching for. Amazing. So Xenon could use this to, you know, put her her victims of airlock ejection. Expulsion. <laughs> Expulsion, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, like, defenestration, but does it count as a, an airlock? Airlock's not a window, is it? No, de-airlockstration. De-airlockstration, exactly. She could put that, she could punch that in and say, do you treat de- being thrown out into the vacuum of space? And they'll be like, yes, and guess what? We take Commander Plank's uh, scam (laughs) scam space insurance as well. And you'd be like, great, thanks, (laughs) Zocdoc. Yeah, exactly. So go to zocdoc.com slash MCC and download the Zocdoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash mcc zocdoc.com slash mcc anyway what were we talking about xenon 2 xenon 2 we were talking about that's right andy we were talking about xenon 2 yes yes yes. xenon 2 mega blast Margie emerges from the shadows and she looks suspicious. We get an yeah. establishing exterior shot of the space station and it appears Sector 7 has been reattached. <laughs> oh, yeah! I don't know, well, I'm I don't not paying, know why. Not paying for two exterior shots. <laughs> not paying for two PNGs of a spaceship. <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it just it just naturally floated back into position. Yeah, maybe the space station's orbit is so effed up that it's sort of like drifted into a catching position. Yeah. Yeah. Recourt Sector 7. Yeah. <laughs> Click. Anyway, the crate is being pushed into the ship. Xenon's parents are saying that Xenon couldn't face saying goodbye to Nebula. Yeah. Um, I hope we don't get tapped, says the mum. Mm-hmm. And then the only thing Astrid hates more than flying is Earth itself, says Xenon's dad, which <laughs> the only thing she hates more than flying is Earth itself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she's helping the military turn it into a golden eye laser. 
Ah, so we see the we see the transport ship arrive on Earth and the uh, delivery as well. So a dude slides this crate off in the airport. The crate is wheeled into a restricted area, yeah. dropped on its end. Xenon's frozen corpse comes rolling out, <laughs> and, and the, the movie ends. <laughs> the crate goes ow, and Xenon tumbles out somehow alive. Yeah, so Xenon has to rock the crate over. And it breaks open and it's clear from the position she's in that she was upside down in the crate with yes. her head facing downwards. If this crate had been placed down on its side, she would be dead in there. Like, it's only <laughs> because it's only the blind luck that means it's sort of, yeah, put on its end. That means she's able to get the momentum to sort of rock it enough to tip it over. Yeah, but also she's she's head down in this position. Yeah, and and this is all, this is all further to the incredible luck that they decided to, for some reason, heat and pressurise the, the hold. The cargo hold, The cargo yeah. hold. She should be frozen in space. But not, not only has Xenon survived this trip, but so has someone else, because with a bout time Houdini who should be stood beside Xenon already, emerging from her own crate. That's right. It's Margie. She's copied Xenon's plan because she too wants macro adventures in the Xenon style. Yeah, she says she wants a glory major moment for herself for once. But she says that she wouldn't have done it, though, if she realised how she was going to get so sweaty and gross in that icky trunk. Yeah. And Margie, it is a miracle you're alive. <laughs> don't be begrudging a little sweat, Margie. You don't yeah. know. Well, it sure was warm in that trunk. You don't know the half of it, Margie. Yeah, Mar How yeah. cold it could be. Yeah, you don't know. You would miss that warmth, Margie, let me tell you. Boy, my eyeballs were so inside my head in that icky <laughs> trunk. Xenon goes to Aunt Judy's house. She's, she's excited to see Xenon. Margie yeah. invites herself in. Judy is immediately on board with the alien talk. Yeah. They go into Judy's house, but Margie sort of hangs around at the door like a like mm -hmm. a vampire who hasn't yeah. been this much. <laughs> but yeah, that's true. I don't really understand what that's about, but um, maybe it was a, a, a nixed subplot about her being a vampire. <laughs> yeah, being a vampire, they were like, we can't do three bad plots. <laughs> oh, or so, could we? Yeah, so so they're in Judy's house. They're eating pancakes, and I'm just dying here with my fast. Oh yeah, yeah. Judy's like fully into aliens. She says they're out there all right. Judy agrees to help them find Protozoa. Yeah. Because as well as agreeing that aliens are definitely out there, she agrees that aliens want to meet this Earth pop star. Yeah, that's right. Very badly. And that's what the zoom, zoom, zoom message surely means. So they're having a sort of alien brainstorm about where Protozoa could be. Yeah. Xenon says no one's seen him in months. Um, Margie says maybe the aliens have him. But Xenon's sceptical because someone would have seen them. She thinks he's in recluse mode extreme. And then Judy says, but how will we find him if his own friends and close family cannot? Oh, wait, Margie says that. This is this is so choice. And then Xenon says, how else do you find a missing rock star? Study his lyrics. Oh, boy. His lyrics are zoom, zoom, zoom. Make my heart go boom, boom, boom. He's in a cardiology ward. <laughs> Let's go. Zoom, zoom, zoom. I have a house on... <laughs> zoom, 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 zoom. My, my address is, is 168... <laughs> Zoom, Maple zoom, drive. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. When I'm trying to get away from the media, I go to this rehab. <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. Um, okay, I want to know where Rivers Cuomo is right now. Okay. So let's have a look at some Rivers Cuomo lyrics. Okay, go on. Um, all right. Uh, if you want to destroy my sweater, hold this thread as I walk away. Thread? Red? Threads. Okay, thread. So he's in thread. the garment district. Yes. That's it. All right, done. Easy. All right, who else do you want to know where they are? Uh, tell me where I would find Madonna. Okay, fine. Easy. Not even a problem. 
Last night I dreamt of San Pedro, just hey. like I'd never gone. I knew the song. A young girl with eyes like the desert. It all seems like yesterday, not far okay. away. Well, Tropical, she, the island breeze, all of nature, wild and free. <laughs> this on. is where I long to be. <laughs> La Isla Bonita. We've got her. We've got her. We've got her, folks. SWAT team to swoop in on La Isla Bonita. <laughs> Try to course for La Isla Bonita. The golden eye satellite. <laughs> it swings on. over. La Isla Charging Bonita. laser. <laughs> the Isla Bonita is vaporized. <laughs> That was simply a test fire. <laughs> that's simply a measure of our power. <laughs> Threatens General Hammond. So yeah, that's all you need to do. Just study their lyrics. Yeah, just study their lyrics. So needless to say, the point at which um, Xenon says to find Protozoa, we need to study his lyrics, is the high point of this movie. Because apparently great writers write about what they know. So Margie remembers that Protozoa's lyrics mention Linda Nova a great deal. Well... They, okay, so Margie says that his he's got songs called Supernova Girl, yeah, no, Nova Nights, yeah, and the song Perfect Dream had a line about the Nova of my heart. Yeah, it's almost as if he's in a children's sci-fi film. Yeah, or he's at the Novatel Hotel. Maybe. <laughs> but what else does he do? <laughs> what girl, else does he talk about? <laughs> girl, I want to marry it to you. <laughs> Um, and then and then Margie says, doesn't he mention some Linda girl in a lot of his songs? Ceases Lapitas, Margie, you're a genius major, says Xenon. Um, she punches Linda Nova into her Etch-a-Sketch yeah. and it gets it gets no results. No results. Wait, doesn't Linda mean beautiful in Spanish, says Aunt Judy? Yes, beautiful. And then Xenon punches in Nova Linda instead. <laughs> So completely ignoring the yeah. clue. She types Nova Linda into her Etch-A-Sketch and it immediately pops up with a photo of Protozoa's house. <laughs> I, I, would, I would say that Zoom is a more pre prevalent lyric in the songs of Protozoa than Nova and Linda. Oh, but so you know, yeah, so whatever. This is very confusing. Obviously, it's very confusing. But so no, Nova Linda, <laughs> Linda, beautiful in Spanish. So Nova, Nova Linda, I guess would literally translate to beautiful new or lovely new, new beautiful. Yeah. So it's a good job no one who speaks Spanish in the world has a lovely new house that they. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just the way that you you put Nova Linda into <laughs> into Google, space into Google, Google. Into Google. <laughs> you get a surveillance photo <laughs> yeah, yeah like Protozoa's a close up shot of his residence <laughs> so anyway so then in a filmmaking masterstroke it's just like it's it really it feels like it feels like Xenon's DM was just like you know what this is taking too long that's the answer now <laughs> yeah yes 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 yeah, you type. Yeah, you type. Oh, yeah, it comes up with a picture of Protozoa's house <laughs> and directions yeah. to it. Yeah we're, we're, yeah, we're really on the clock here, yeah. people. The timer, the timer on the stage in front of me says we need to wrap this yeah. up inside of three minutes. So yeah, so we cut to we cut to the house. Protozoa is inside talking to his manager Les. Mm. As my manager Les, you should understand better than anybody that someone as undeniably fantastic as me should be doing only undeniably fantastic things. So after being the first rock legend in outer space, what's left? What's next? Well, can't run for president. You got a silly rule about having to actually be born in America and the Pope's out. I heard that you have to actually be a Catholic. So you see my dilemma, Lester. 
If I can't find new heights to hit, then I'd just rather be a Havana Cabana boy than be a burnout sellout. Was once, isn't now, but still fabulous looking rock star. I admire Protozoa's ethos. Mm. Once you've performed in space, what is there left? You know? Yeah, well, he's like, oh, you can't, I can't be the pr pr president because you've got to be born in America. We have a we have a similar position in the UK, Protozoa. Yeah. You could be the prime minister. Would you like to perhaps help people closer to home? Is that any, of any interest to you? Uh, Andy, let's be real. Being the prime minister isn't as good, is it? Yeah, that's true. If Protozoa were to become the prime minister, it would just be like, why isn't he president? Yeah. <laughs> why, isn't, yeah. why isn't he in charge of a better country? <laughs> yeah, why isn't he in charge of a bigger, cooler country? Yeah. Canada or better. Yeah, yeah, Canada or better. That's what you expect. So, so yeah, so Protozoa is, is in a self-imposed creative exile. Yeah, in Nova Linda, which is a, yeah. is a house in the sort of dense undergrowth. So Aunt Judy drives Xenon and Margie up to the perimeter fence of this property that they have... N that, uh, uh, we remind <laughs> you, they have no evidence belongs to Protozoa, except they googled Nova Linda and a picture of this house came up. It, yeah. So they're like, all right, let's drive. Yeah, let's drive up to his property line in your futuristic 2001 VW Beetle. Oh, yeah. The VW Beetle is back in this one. It, OK, it doesn't look like they're in America anymore, right? No, it looks like they're in New Zealand, which is where they are. Oh, right. OK. Yeah, it's got a. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. OK. Well, that makes sense of something that I thought in a minute. So Good. Okay. So on duty right. drives Xenon and Margie up to this perimeter fence. And for some reason, she leaves them there. It's like, ah, oh, I can't come because of uh, reasons. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you kids cut through this wire and wander off yeah. into the undergrowth. So Judy lets them break into Protozoa's property yeah. and off they hike alone up a mountain and through a waterfall rainforest. Yeah, we get shots of Xenon and Margie tracking through this like dense forest and... And like up the side of a mountain. Yeah. And yeah, through these waterfalls. It's like it's like the aerial shots of Aragorn, Legolas and Gimli hunting the Uruk High. It's like... <laughs> duh, 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 yeah, surprisingly duh, duh, like that. Duh, 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 duh. Yeah. And now you tell me it's filmed in New Zealand. So yeah, yeah this is pleasing. Does Protozoa have to do this trek every time he... Yeah, presumably. ...comes to Nova Linda? Maybe he has a helicopter pad out the back. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that would make sense. So anyway, they're trekking through the trekking through the, 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 the foliage. Margie falls in some mud. She's hating this. Mm -hmm. She's hating being There's outdoors. a big spider on a web that this they is, have to this is so, encounter. This is so annoying, and it can't just be because of how hungry I was. So, like, they make <laughs> so much out of this, fil of this film out of this stupid bit. So, like... They're walking through the, the through the woods. Xenon stops moments before blundering into a spider web that has a spider on it. Mm -hmm. And like this isn't and, and we're going to cut back to this scene. And this spy this spider web with a spider on it is presented like it's a serious obstacle. Yeah. Even though Well, I mean, you know, you you gotta you gotta do like 90 minutes, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta. <laughs> so, so, all right. Amazingly, we leave Xenon and Margie at this point. It, you know, a, a cliffhanger for the viewer. What are they going to do about this spider web in front of them? Walk round it like you would? <laughs> well, the spider web spans the entire North uh, Island of New Zealand. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't. You can see it. You can see the edges of it. It's just a spider web in front of them. What do you do, listener, when a spider web's in front of you? Probably you walk around it. Go around it. There's usually a way around a spider web. What they do is hit it with a big stick. <laughs> and then the spider is on the stick. And then the spider's on the stick and then they panic. Yeah. 
So that's that's good. Yeah. This is sort of intercut with a scene with back on the space station, General Hammond walks into Margie's room. Her zap pad is there. It has a sort of translucent orange shell. It's really sick. Yeah. Um, on it is a message detailing her plan to the dad. She says that Xenon forced her to go to Earth. He's enraged. <laughs> he goes to Xenon's parents. They have no idea that Xenon is anywhere. She yeah. set up a kind of Ferris Bueller style tape situation yeah. to stop her parents coming into the room. I think this is genuinely very funny. The idea, like, Margie is such an agent of chaos. I I like it. I like her. I know she's, the like, the villain. Yeah. But she she smuggles herself down to Earth, and the only motivation she gives is, like, I wanted to have a big adventure. But before she goes on the big adventure, she leaves a message for her dad saying, Dad, Xenon is kidnapping me. <laughs> He's forcing me against... For, she's, for no reason. For no reason at all. She's like, yeah, Xenon, Xenon kidnapped me. I, I'm yeah. going against my will, Dad. She's, yeah. she's got a gun. I have to go. <laughs> so, like, Xenon's going to go to jail or be killed or something. And Margie's it's... just like, lol. Wee. <laughs> Can't wait to see how this all shakes out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I like Margie. I like her chaotic energy. Yeah. So the general isn't very smart to fall for this also, because I think most kidnappers don't let their victims record a message outlining their plan and motives first. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, fine. The general is not a smart guy. So Xenon's parents know about this. The general's enraged. Yeah. Um, back in the rainforest, the girls have found Protozoa's house. Yes. Uh, Margie is impressed. She says, how do you do it? I'll never be the hero extreme like you doxing a celebrity. <laughs> Um, anyway, they walk up. It's all kind of tiki torches and surfboards. Xenon crosses the property line and freezes and her legs go all wibbly and she starts laughing. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's like an electric fence, but it's it's called a giggle force field. Yeah. I don't know how if you're trying to secure your property, this is better than an electric fence, because like an electric fence would would do this same thing, but like silently. Well, right? it wouldn't hold them in place. And then um, when Margie yeah, walks into yeah. it as well and then up walks Protozoa um, wearing a T-shirt with his name on it. <laughs> Well, 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 he says. What if I managed to snare? In a way that suggests he spends all his time capturing and killing lost tourists. Is there any context you would say that in where you're not a serial killer? Yeah. Well, 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 what if I managed to snare? Two little flies wandered into the spider's web. But then he recognises Xenon. He says, Xenon Carr. He puts away his dissection knife. They have to be, <laughs> they have to be strangers. So... um, Protozoa is initially unmoved by Xenon's alien drama, but not for long. So are you coming with us? Come where? To space, so we can work out this little rendezvous. Xenon, Xenon, I've done the space thing. Remember? The whole reason why I'm hiding out here is to rack my brain for new challenges. Hello? Protozoa, first rock star ever to sing for alien beings from another galaxy. Please tell me how you can get more unique major than that. Oi, 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 pack my space suit. All I need to know is when do we leave? <laughs> Protozoa is so good. Protozoa is so good. Pack my space suit. Oi, 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 pack my space suit. Get on the beers with the aliens, Oh, it's so good. So, back on the space station, Xenon's mum talks some more about her crushing phobia of Earth, and Dad is like, hey, if we have to move to Earth, we will, which is not a very sensitive thing to say <laughs> to someone who's just said, 
that they have a crushing yeah. phobia of Earth. But then... There is a military jackbooted jerk outside their door. Yeah. It turns out they're under house arrest until their daughter returns with Margie. Confined to quarters. <laughs> we have important experiments in progress, says the dad. These mice could be a lot heavier than they currently are, we think. <laughs> we, maybe. <laughs> we, we hope. We sure hope. <laughs> Down on Earth, Protozoa is tunelessly twanging on a guitar. Yeah. I'm writing, Xenon, he says. I haven't been able to scribble down a single note since I fell into me funk. I haven't. <laughs> His renewed burst of creativity is implied by him strumming one chord on an electric guitar. I'm writing, Xenon. Yeah. Uh, e minor. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he's not been able to write a note and a chord is a minimum of three notes. So he's tripling his output. That's true. Xenon is bringing Protozoa bowls of food while he sort of suns himself. And yeah, this is weird. Relaxes. Yeah, it's like they sort of fall into the roles of his staff, yeah. which is odd. Protozoa has a question, though. Why, if aliens are so keen to meet him, don't they just beam down to Nova Linda and say hi? Yeah, good question. Maybe the aliens don't know how to Google Nova Linda. Nova Linda, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. a puzzle. Margie, speaking for the first time, says maybe it's because they saw that last century movie chip E.T., and saw the appalling way E.T. was treated. <laughs> so Margie's point is that aliens would be wary of coming to Earth and getting dissected. Because they saw E.T. Or putting in or put in an alien zoo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just I'm always surprised when dissection comes up again. Mm. It's just amazing to me how prevalent a thing it was in the minds of children in the 90s and noughties yeah like we just lived in, in constant, constant fear, fear of dissection don't be spectacular don't be special don't excel don't be too good at anything if you can do something really good don't let anyone know in case the government's like <laughs> how's luke so good at basketball <laughs> yeah slice well yeah that's <laughs> that's what happened to the 96 chicago bulls isn't it <laughs> yeah they were on top for so long and then yeah. they all got dissected. They all got dissected. Ah, according to their brain, they're just really good at it and like they're it a lot. good at basketball. All right. Well, the, the secret is to be good at basketball. The experiments continue. Wow. We've learned something today. Yeah. We were to do, to do a good FBI today, everyone. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so they're, they're talking about what, what aliens maybe don't come to Earth because they're scared of being dissected or put in an alien zoo. Mm. So the question then becomes, the three of them ask... How and where do we meet the aliens? Yeah, because space is infinite. And I'd just like to say at this point, it is still totally possible that Xenon has picked up a garbled Earth rock radio station, right? Yeah, everyone is so like, oh, well, obviously aliens exist and want to meet us. But where? The question now is where the do now we is meet Where them? can we meet the aliens? Not, are you sure you haven't picked up popular song, Zoom, 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 <laughs> yeah. on your zap pad? Or that like you accidentally hit play. Probably every computer in the world has this on it. It probably comes pre-installed. Yeah. Like that Beethoven bit on Windows computers, you know? Yeah, right. Probably like a, yeah, there's a Microsoft tie-up. Protozoa has his song on yeah. every computer in the land. So they're all firmly convinced this is what is happening. Yes. Even though it probably isn't, but actually is. So so in the next this scene... Is, so this is really confusing. Um Xenon is, is prodding away the zap pad. She says that... Because I... you're right, and I think what would be worth reminding everyone mm. before we try and explain what happens next, do you remember what happens at the end of Xenon 1? Yes, the space station is about to explode yes. and Xenon has to... Xenon has to type a password in... To get a virus, to an antivirus yes. to do something. Yes. And she doesn't know the password. And this is the problem. 
and she's typing and it's like incorrect 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 and then she types something else and it goes bing yeah that was it and we pointed out in the episode on xenon that that was very nonsensical yeah i didn't make any sense at all it was all wingdings in that in this she's doing the same trying to access data that's so, so yeah. the aliens downloaded data from her zap pad, but she doesn't know how to access it, yeah. even though it's data they downloaded so, from her zap so pad. So she's looking at her zap pad. It's full of like matrix code. and it's She's a, entering yeah. totally random six digit strings of numbers. So she says, when the alien sent her the message, Orion suspected that the aliens also downloaded all kinds of information, but Xenon hasn't figured out how to get it, which doesn't make sense. Nope. It doesn't make sense. And it doesn't, it doesn't make sense with a thing that happens later as it well. Actually, yeah, it actually makes drama- dramatically less sense. And then Xenon repeats this t- trick that she has of typing at random. And she types in a code. She types in 544555. Yeah. And it goes, bloop, yep, you got it. That was it. That was it. Access granted. Again, Xenon's DM was like, this is taking too <laughs> long. Taking That's too long. The there are a million permutations of a six-digit code. Yeah. Now, we only saw the last 10. When you could, she'd, yeah, she'd that's been doing true. it for the last year and a well, half. Well, that's true, Andy. But but bear this in mind: when you consider also that the other code Xenon tries are not all six-digit numbers; some of them are like four or five. The odds of her mm. correctly guessing the code becomes absolutely astronomical. Astronomical, like space. Damn. <laughs> okay, this conversation happened in a writer's room. Yeah, and it end, and it ended like that. Yeah. Ten minutes later, they're on the golf course. Yeah, uh, but astronomical, like space. Odds are astronomical. Astro, astro yeah. would you say the odds astro are space. astronomical? Astronomical. Hey. <laughs> Maybe we could do a character called astronomical. I love it. Let's hit the golf links. So, having entered the code, yes. the zap pad turns into a, th- a 3D map. <laughs> it's a map, says Xenon. They send it to Orion, yeah. who promises to try and figure out what it's a map of. Yep, he's dressed like he's way too into laser tag. <laughs> um, Protozoa, Margie and Xenon muse that there's something else they need, though, and that's a spaceship. Yeah. Because if they're going to go and meet these aliens at some rendezvous in space, they're going to need a spaceship on which to do it. Getting the spaceship is going to be like the next 30 minutes of the film, and it's all quite tedious. Yes. So Xenon asks Margie to call her dad so he can send a shuttle. Margie isn't keen. She thinks her dad will blow a gasket and is also probably mad at Xenon for kidnapping her. Yeah. Xenon is Xenon <laughs> takes this be- better than I expected, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, she admits to Xenon she's framed her for kidnapping. <laughs> um, but Margie, so Margie is eventually persuaded to ask, phone, phone the general and ask, can we have a spaceship? So then she dials the general. The true nature of our mission... Hello, our Daddy. ...has been kept secret in order to avoid widespread panic up here. Daddy? As soon as we've relocated all space station personnel to Earth by the end of next week, jettison the remaining sectors, all that will be left is the central core. So the decision to scrap the old girl is definite, sir? Oh, whatever Wyndham and Lutz did has caused this craft to drift so far out of orbit that the natural decomposition process has increased tenfold. Uh, if we don't act hard, this entire base could drop out of the sky like Dorothy's farmhouse. Bottom line, this tub is history. How did you tap into this? How should I know? I told you I'm a master of disaster at all this. I could hear him, he just couldn't hear me. Can you believe this? They're not up there to unload a few sectors of my space day. They're gonna dismantle the whole thing! So to be clear, anyone 
phoning the general yep. during one of his top secret briefings <laughs> <laughs> will be granted full video access to said briefings. <laughs> I hope America's enemies don't think to phone US military leaders. Or else they'll become emboldened. Yeah, well, yeah they'll become emboldened when they're like, oh, just phone the general and yeah yeah see what's going on and it just kind of bleeps into a zoom call where they're like so yeah so we're gonna hit these strategic points at 0600 hours yeah it's like america's enemies has joined the call yeah <laughs> yeah but like but silently the general doesn't even notice that margie yeah. is yeah just sort of like bleeped into a top secret briefing but also as we said before like the military's concerns here are played like evil villainry yeah. But they're like, oh, they want to shut down the space station when he's like, oh, yeah, it's decaying at an astronomical rate and it's going to fall out of the sky and just destroy parts of North America. Yeah, it's going to kill everyone on board in a huge percentage of life on Earth. Why are they keeping this? But I don't understand why they're keeping this secret because no one on the space station wants to die in a fireball, you'd think. Well, some of them might rather than go back to Earth. <laughs> to what, answer considering what they've done. That's, that's why the general has to keep it on yeah. the QT. They're like... We cannot let these people get wind of the fact that they might have to see a trial on Earth. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So Aunt Judy then talks to Plank. She's trying to get him to pilot a shuttle. Uh, Plank is like, oh, this is this is crazy. And Judy says, yes, but Xenon is often right about things. Yeah. So consider that. Um, Judy also tells Commander Plank that, this, uh, that the space station is inevitably collapsing in an all-consuming fireball, which doesn't seem yeah. to concern him at all. Like, yeah, but I can't wear like weird space clothes down yeah. on Earth. <laughs> I can't be so. called Commander Plank on Earth. <laughs> so he goes to see Hori- Orion down in the alien detection lab, who, luckily enough, has cracked the alien map. Once I got this scale figured out, I simply used their benchmark symbols of the Earth and Moon to calibrate their distance units. Then I replotted those locations to our standard issue navigational chart. <laughs> Look, I mean, this is amazing, sir. It's all, all lined up. In all candor, Orion, do you believe this map is legitimate? Look, sir, if you get on a shuttle and you fly out to the location indicated here, in my hardly humble opinion, you are going to find yourself face to face with extraterrestrials. Meanwhile, back on Earth, Margie says to Xenon, why do you hate me? To which I've typed, lol, 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 lol. <laughs> Why do you hate why me, you, the girl who framed you for kidnapping? Why do you hate me, the one who got you framed for violent kidnap? For absolutely no reason. But we get some of Margie's tragic backstory here about moving around a lot because of her dad's military career and she doesn't know how to fit in. So actually, it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Xenon says, you've been mean and sarcastic to me since the last time I was on Earth. To which Margie replies... Oh, that! Don't you know that's just how I am? <laughs> Which is, <laughs> don't you know that's just my way? Is so, Margie is stealing the show? She's stealing yeah. the movie. Oh, what you're going to be mad at me because of all the things I say and yeah. do? Oh, that! Don't you know that's just my actions and deeds and thoughts? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can't be mad at me for those. Yeah, They're okay. just the things I do. Yeah, just my just the things I do. No, 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 no. That's just the things no. I do. <laughs> Chill yeah. out. And thought about beforehand, and then yeah. did. So Xenon confides that she too has worries. She's worried about the aliens. She says, my mom is burning through one stress helmet after another, fully blowing an O-ring about relocating to Earth. Oh, they were so close <laughs> to retconning so close the to meaning. retconning it into blowing an O-ring. But onion. they just couldn't resist. <laughs> they couldn't resist. They had to do it again. Xenon tells Margie that she has... Maybe to... her mum is blowing an onion. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you would need the stress what helmet. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it, Astrid? I'm yeah. going to blow an onion ring. 
Okay. So Xenon tells Margie that she that Margie has to learn she's not the only one in the galaxy with problems. Then a lot of things start happening very fast. Many scenes, which will... Wow, many scenes so quick. Many scenes. Yeah, uh, this film has nearly as many events as Cadet Kelly. Yeah. Down on Earth, Nebula is living in a beautiful large home. She says it's depressing. The mum says they're only here until they can get the whole job situation she's, sorted out. She says she's seen pictures of prisons that weren't as depressing. It's honestly, it's lovely. nice house. It's got a lot of light, space, modern furnishings and plants, and her mum is making her scrambled eggs. She's like, I can't yeah. live another second in this hellhole. <laughs> yeah. Nebula, she's trying to get Nebula to go outside, but as Nebula explains, every time she goes outside, there's either a hover car or an ohm cycle or a wham-board trying to run her over. <laughs> the air is brown and the food tastes like plastic. Which is, it's like a hoverboard, <laughs> wham-themed. Yeah, a wham-board. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so mum is like, Nebula's mum is like, hey, give Earth a chance. Most people here are warm and welcoming. Then knock, knock, who's that at the door? It's it's the sheriff from Ash vs. Evil Dead. <gasps> it's, yeah, who is playing Captain Rand Wills. And this, this is so annoying. Captain Rand Wills of the United States Intergalactic Patrol. Why do you have an intergalactic Just patrol? Just have him be from the army who are in the film. You can't have, be an intergalactic anything when only one galaxy is populated. In the fiction of this film, the space station in which the majority of the events of the movie take place is as far as humanity has reached into the stars. They haven't got further than, than, the, than the moon and the space station. So the idea that there's, that there's an intergalactic patrol like he's buzz yeah. light year it's like it's so annoying it's yeah. so annoying to me i was, he was dispatched so by general hammond who apparently has jurisdiction over the intergalactic, over the intergalactic patrol, patrol. Oh. i think this is presidential overreach from a space obsessed president yeah i think so yeah this is this is space force level of uh, yes so so, of overreach. So Captain Rand Wills of the United States Intergalactic <laughs> Patrol. What, okay, at the point where we're doing intergalactic patrols, you'd hope there wouldn't be a United States one and like a United Kingdom intergalactic patrol. At that yeah. point, we can probably group it into Earth intergalactic patrol, Earth right? intergalactic Milky patrol, Way maybe. intergalactic patrol would make sense. Yeah. But no. Okay. United States intergalactic patrol. Uh. He wants to know where Xenon is. Uh, in space, more sections are being jettisoned from the space day. Yeah, um, Plank, Plank goes to, to see general the general Hammond if he can have if he can have a spaceship to go do a booty call <laughs> on his girlfriend. He asks if he can have a shuttle <laughs> to go to Earth and spend twenty four hours banging Judy and then come back up on Monday morning. <laughs> the general is like, "Gross, okay. Yeah, I just need twenty four hours, general. <laughs> All I need is twenty four hours." Or trust all I need is 24 hours and to briefly pop into what used to be my office and get something from the bottom drawer first. <laughs> but trust me, 24 little hours and all our needs will be met and I will be back. I will be ready to serve. But the reason I'm asking you, General, is I need no checkpoints on the way. <laughs> so so the General is like, gross, okay. Um yeah. We get Nebula's interrogation by the Intergalactic <laughs> Space Patrol. She spills the beans on Xenon looking for protozoa. Yeah, she seems like a canary. What kind of friend is Nebula? She's like, yeah, no, Xenon did it. <laughs> she says that Xenon went to find protozoa. Um, then we get Judy telling Xenon about Plank coming down, yeah. telling them where to meet. Judy warns that patrols are out looking for Xenon. Have they shown up at your place yet? Xenon asks her closest living relative on Earth. <laughs> no, says Judy. Good patrol. <laughs> Good patrol. <laughs> Ha 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 
Where could Xenon be? Where should we check? <laughs> where should we start? Well, 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 first let's check our office. Because we'd yeah. feel real stupid if we checked everywhere else and then it turned out she was in our office. Yeah, so, then let's yeah. go and check the Krogers because they got like three for two on, on bananas <laughs> yeah. down there and I'm, I'm pretty hungry. Check the check the trunk of your car, everyone. Check. Yeah, check. I've been reading these I've been reading these uh, these Madonna lyrics and I think like, <laughs> Lisa Benita might be worth checking out. <laughs> Hey, look, that's just the United States Intergalactic Patrol doing their good work. Good patrol. Uh, so, yeah, the, the main thing to note here is that um, is that Judy tells Xenon that, yeah, they'll have to sneak aboard this shuttle when it lands. Yeah. Margie, meanwhile, is hypnotised watching Protozoa shaving his face. Yeah. Uh, Protozoa, for his part, is unfazed to learn that the police are actively searching for the two children currently in his house. <laughs> two children that he's captured and imprisoned <laughs> captured in his Captured in his giggle perimeter fence yeah. or whatever. Uh, oh. So then, yeah, so then the USIP do eventually knock on Judy's door. But being the good patrol they are, they knock on the door, don't surround the house. And so Judy basically runs out the back. And then stand there while there's the loud sounds of Judy escaping over a fence. <laughs> Judy hops over the fence like Shaun of the Dead loudly. And, and they're just waiting at the front door. The brave men of this United States Intergalactic Patrol stand there. And they go, wow, I guess she's not home. On the space station, Plank is getting set to leave. Uh, he's talking with Orion about yep. navigation. Plank and Orion talk loudly about aliens in front of the general. <laughs> yes. So the general's like, hey, are you talking about aliens? So they're busted by General Hammond. That's the end of that scene. On Earth, Xenon and Margie are carrying Protozoa's many, many suitcases yeah. onto a car to take them down to uh, the beach where they're going to yeah. sort of rendezvous with Plank's uh, ship. Yeah. Back on the space station, um, Orion opens a hatch in Xenon's parent <laughs> ceiling. He's there to rescue them. <laughs> And instead of asking, Orion, how did you know about this hatch? And is this the first time you've been through it? <laughs> they're, just like, they're just like, Orion, Orion opens the hatch and a, a telescope. And <laughs> sketch pad falls to the yep. balaclava. And- yeah. So, uh, yeah, Orion's burrowed through the ceiling to make contact. Uh, and, yeah, then we see... Aunt Judy arrives at Nebula's house. Uh, so many things are happening so in such quick succession. So many things are happening, but like basically it's just like all the gang getting together in the same place. Um, Xenon is on the zap pad to her parents. They tell Xenon to surrender to the patrol and come home. Xenon won't allow it. What if the aliens are in trouble? And then the parents say, Plank is the only one on our side with the ability to fly a shuttle. And then Xenon says, that's not true. Yeah. And we cut to Xenon's... Well, let's have a clip of Xenon's mum. I can't. Mark, I, I, I can't. I, and it's not a question of not wanting to. It's just, it's simply, it's just, I, I can't. All right, then don't. But Z and her aliens. I have to admit, it would be thrilling, not to mention historical. Why couldn't you be the pilot in the family? I mean, you'd go out there in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? Hmm. When did I turn into such a big fat chicken? I used to love flying. I loved adventure. Xenon doesn't get it all from you, you know. I do know. You were a wild woman. So what happened? We had a kid. Suddenly the stakes changed. But she wants me to do it. I mean, she wants me to do this more than anyone. Sure she does, honey. But in the end, the only one who can make the decision is you. So it turns out Xenon's mum used to be a pilot, but now she's a coward. Yeah, so she's she's sort of lamenting her own craven heart. 
Dad is Dad is like only you can make this decision. Yeah, Dad seems pretty checked out of every all the happenings of this film. To be honest, he's <laughs> yeah, still not really interested. It matters little to him. His mind has wandered to his dense mice. <laughs> <laughs> only you can make this decision, he says, tossing a mouse in the air and gauging its weight. Their rippling dense muscles play through his mind. <laughs> Damn, these are some dense mice. He thinks. Now Aunt Judy and Nebula are on the beach, and now Orion is leading Xenon's mum through the ventilation of the space station. Yeah, they're like Jeffrey's tubes yeah. in Star Trek. Uh, Orion explains that with the army on high alert, there's no chance of stealing a shuttle. So instead, they go to a garbage plane. For flying garbage. Yeah, for t- that flies garbage. It it says Orbital Waste Management Services vehicle on the side. They call it a maintenance scow later on. Yeah. Um, Where exactly does the space station need to be flying its refuse to? Uh, g- garbage planet. Garbage planet. Yeah, they've probably designated a garbage planet. <laughs> Moon. <laughs> Yeah, the moon. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the moon, isn't it? Well, then just fire it out the airlock in the direction of the moon or into the no- vast nothingness of space. Well, no, Luke, I mean, they keep their airlocks extremely well guarded. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh so. yeah, of course. Yeah, that's true. It would never work. So they would never allow anything like that. So luckily, happen. don't think too much about it. They found a sort of garbage plane. Meanwhile, now on the beach, ready. I told you this was moving fast. We're not skipping yeah. through this. This is actually the pace of the film. On the beach, ready for pickup. Xenon, Margie and Protozoa meet up with Judy and Nebula and Xenon breaks the news to Judy that her partner, Commander Plank, is in military jail. He's been thrown into military jail. Um, Xenon says, but Sweat Minor. She doesn't then follow that up with any reassuring information. Yeah, but Sweat Minor. But sweat, minor. <laughs> sweat Minor, his death will be instantaneous. <laughs> sweat Minor, his death will further America's <laughs> aims at home and abroad. And Judy says, but wait, if Edward isn't piloting... Who is? Yeah. Cut to Orion and Mom nervously flying the garbage truck down to Earth. It takes ages. She's like, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm scared. But she does. And it's fine. It's fine. Hammond, meanwhile, General Hammond is furious with his underlings on Earth that they haven't found Xenon. He's he's in his office. He's on a video call with them. They appear to be on quad bikes. (laughs) Yeah, they are. The Intergalactic (laughs) Patrol has quad bikes. (laughs) Maybe the quad bikes fly in space sometimes. Then a lackey comes in and informs him of the missing garbage uh, scowl. Scowl. And he's like, yeah. hmm, sounds sounds like xenon-grade hijinks. So, you know, he's he's hot on their heels. Yeah. Back on the beach, Judy is telling Xenon that she's an inspiration to everyone. <laughs> and then with yeah. a sonic boom, garbage underscore ship underscore xenon2 <laughs> underscore not final dot png. <laughs> Keyframes shakily. <laughs> Keyframes shakily towards Earth. Yeah, it sort of wobbles down, <laughs> and then everyone gets on board like as quick as they can. Yeah, because the, the intergalactic quad bikes <laughs> yeah. are racing towards they're like, them. Raw. So they're on a beach, right? And they look, they look over, and the fleet of USIP quad bikes is like roaring across the beach. It shouldn't be a problem because they're in a spaceship. Mm. Uh, and then the quad but bikes the f- say, "Engage target!" Like they're going to blow it up and kill everyone. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means, but anyway. There's a bit of mild peril because the thrusters haven't had time to cool down yet, but then they have, and the ship takes off just ahead of the furious quad I, bikes I think probably. I think this gift that Xenon has for technology must be genetic, because Mom is like, the thrusters haven't had a chance to cool, so that, that's why the ship won't start. And then she just does it again, and, they, and the ship yeah. works. So Now it works, yeah. <laughs> Xenon's mum's DM is like, yeah, that's... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 14, 14 will do well, it. Yeah, what did you... Are you rolled a uh, three... 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, you you get oh, you get off the planet, but uh, but oh, you're is you're, that with your is that with your bonuses? Oh, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. You yeah yeah. I tell you what, you you do it, but but you're tired. Yeah, <laughs> you'll need a long rest you'll later. Need a long rest later. Anyway, moving on to the exciting bit. Yeah. Um. So, on the space station. <laughs> So many scenes, so many events <laughs> on the space station. Don't worry, we are coming to the bit of this to the bit of this film that we'll be able to settle into a little bit more because it's batshit. <laughs> on the space station, Hammond is bollocking Xenon's dad and Commander Plank. He says that this is treason. Dad says maybe we should focus on ensuring a safe return for yeah. the spaceship, seeing as all of our loved ones are aboard. It's treason to receive signals from an alien. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on the garbage ship. Everyone who is en route to make first contact with alien life forms for the first time in human history has fallen asleep. (laughs) 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 Oh, sorry. Is is this boring you? (laughs) No, boring. You don't want to talk about what might happen. You're not sort of bricking it. What are they going to be like? Will they be huge crabs? Will they be just gas clouds? Will they... You know, will they suck out your soul? You remember in uh, in Arrival when Jeremy Renner and Amy Adams just nodded off? <laughs> yeah, just when fell, they were... <laughs> fell asleep in the yeah. elephant window chamber. <laughs> oh, sorry. I... <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. It was just really boring. Translating your language was so dull. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Or maybe there's not much oxygen on the garbage ship and there's, you know. Yeah, they've all, they've all lost consciousness. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I don't know why a garbage ship has this many seats. Like, yeah. it only needs one person to fly. This is all space that could be filled with garbage. Yeah. <laughs> making doesn't it need a crew of eight people on this garbage yeah. ship. So Xenon is confused as to why they've flown to where the map says. But yeah, then... they've flown into the middle of nowhere in space. Yeah. They go, she doesn't understand why there's no aliens. Why aren't we seeing aliens? What the hell? What gives? Uh, but Mom explains that they can't do this indefinitely. I don't get it, Mom. We're exactly where we're supposed to be according to Orion's charts, right? Well, if the aliens are there, then why aren't they here? Well, the trouble is, converting their measurements to ours doesn't mean the calculations were precise. I mean, even a variance of a few degrees on paper could mean thousands of miles out here in space. We are going to find them, aren't we? I mean, we'll just fly around out here until they show up? We can't do that forever, Z. We have a finite fuel supply, limited provisions. It's okay. They're going to be here. I know it. I have a feeling major in my bones. Whatever ends up happening out here, thank you. For what? Shaking me out of my cocoon. Getting me to fly again, be out here with you. Honey, you've shown me that it's fine to want to live a safe and sane life, but sometimes we can get so safe, you practically stop living. Cetus Lapidus, I did all that. So Xenon has a plan uh, to fly around here until the aliens show up. Good plan. Um, good plan. But her mum counters that there's not enough provisions or fuel or air. No. <laughs> uh, they do have a bit of an emotional chat and mum has her emotional breakthrough uh, about how she learned to pilot a ship again. She says... This is so This is so choice because she says they have their heart to heart and she's like, oh, you know, you thank you for shaking me out of my cocoon. You made me realise it's fine to want a safe and stable life but sometimes you get so safe you stop living. I think they're all about to stop living. But <laughs> yeah. Also, the other thing that's good about this is she says, she's talking about having children and she says, things with children, there's all the things you want to show and teach them, all the ways you'll guide and mould them. But the subtitles spell mould like black mould or toxic mould, like M-O-L-D. 
Yeah, and all I the just, ways you'll mould your children. You, you think about, I mean, she is a scientist. You think about all the ways that you're going to mould your children. The, the best thing about this is she, <laughs> she says, uh, you think of all the things you'll teach them, but you can never anticipate just how much they'll teach you. And that you're like, wow, what a nice moment. And then the ship goes, fuel tanks in depletion zone. <laughs> fuel tanks empty, mother and daughter about to die pointlessly in space. So yeah, there's only 3% fuel left because Orion forgot to put any space petrol in before they left. Yeah, but don't worry. He has auxiliary tanks and they're even bigger than the actual tanks, but he didn't refill those. <laughs> he didn't put fuel in them either. Um, they don't tear Orion apart like angry animals. Uh, instead, they just don't care. Judy asks if the space station can send a rescue ship, but mom says that she tried to hail them and there must be a meteor shower happening because they only got static on the line. And now they're being sucked into the moon's gravitational field. <laughs> oh, this annoyed me. They're only at the moon. <laughs> yeah. For f- sake. Like, I don't, I, I would put even money on the writers of Xenon not knowing any other planet's names. <laughs> <laughs> not caring to learn. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they're like, this whole like big space adventure is happening like, between the Earth and the Moon. Mm. Come on. Anyway, Protozoa says he can't die out here in space because he hasn't released his greatest hits chip yet. Oi, oi. Uh, yeah, Mum's newfound confidence evaporates. Judy's having a panic attack. Yeah, uh, all seems lost. The spaceship plummets towards the surface of the Moon. And then Xenon sees a brilliant light. A ring of endless light. <laughs> Hooray. And, 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 and... Uh, and and it's them she says and, my aliens and, oh, they're your aliens now are they uh, right. and coming into shot is a big purple manta ray with four wings made of light mm. it looks sort of bioluminescent yeah it looks something like from the rich flora and fauna of the world of pandora <laughs> yeah it looks it looks it looks like an avatar alien <laughs> yeah it looks like a blue version of jean jacket the thing from jordan peele's nope uh oh i think that's misleadingly cool okay well it's yeah it's like a worse version of it's like if you try to make that on a computer in 1999 yeah and it was blue yes that's good there you go it looks a bit like the elden beast from elden ring uh and it's sort of kind of going like like a whale it's kind of like biological i really do feel like a thousand of them should be sort of like flying past the fingertips of a of a of a of a enraptured Navi going like oh wow. yeah and James Cameron's like yes yes good. would you have sex with this manta ray pretty pretty sexy <laughs> pretty sexy right yes James <laughs> good then we can put it in the film some of the crew are worried that um, they want to take them back to the planet as souvenirs but uh, Xenon says no they're here to help us you can't be in a ship that beautiful and be evil now I says Xenon I scoffed he's advocating for a sort of aesthetic space morality system yeah I, I did scoff at this but I actually cannot think of any beautiful evil spaceships I really thought I would be able to but I can't uh, the best I could think of was the Cylon ships from Battlestar Galactica but even they have like skull faces yeah generally evil spaceships look evil i can't think of any like beautiful spaceships that actually contain evil people or evil aliens yeah i can't think of many beautiful spaceships to be honest well the naboo starfighter come on well yeah that's true <laughs> yeah yeah you um, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, you were about to protest and then the the undeniable <laughs> yeah, beauty of the naboo starfighter. Yeah, i simply i simply couldn't <laughs> the words yeah. died in your mouth <laughs> So <laughs> it's the overwhelming so, beauty of the Naboo Starfighter swept through this, you. 
this alien starts to materialise inside the ship in a sort of cloud but, of light particles. But, but, um, before, before we get on to the... I, obviously, I want to talk about the alien loads. But can yeah. we... I just want to briefly say, in the scene where they're talking about what if we're going to be taken as souvenirs to the aliens, yeah. I'm pretty sure that Xenon's microphone is broken. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... Could, why, why would she, can we? Do, why would she have... Orion, surely have a boom mic for everyone. Well, Orion says something, and it's very clearly audible. Then I think Margie says something, and it's very clearly audible. And then Xenon says, like, No, you can't be in a ship this beautiful. <laughs> it sounds... <laughs> look, let's hear it. What if they're taking us back to their planet as souvenirs? Yeah, like, Mom and Dad went to the Milky Way, and all I got were these crummy humans. Yeah, it's like right? she's being picked up on someone else's mic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. just like turned it up in post. They're like, "Well, we're not doing that again." <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing any ADR on this one. Um. So, uh, so anyway, th- they're worried about how, how the aliens will appear. Uh, will they walk through the door? They ask. Margie says, "Maybe they'll go right through the door." Mm. And Xenon says, "They're aliens, Margie, not ghosts." Yeah, you <laughs> alien expert Xenon. Then, a, then a melodic tone is heard, and aliens go right through the door. <laughs> um, so the alien sort of materializes, so making sort of whale sounds. Disappointing. Yeah, so disappointing. So Cetus Lapetus, so it waves back, says um, Xenon. Protozoa, though, he sort of pushes her aside. Xenon, Xenon, please. I am their idol. I do suppose it's me they want to see. Madam? Sir? I bet you got a million questions for me, ain't you, you little BCs? Well, I'm here. I'm here and uh, I'm available for photographs. Autographs or simply standing here. Looking spectacular. Have at me, darlings! I want to know what Protozoa expects to happen. Have at me, darlings. Have at me, darlings. What does he think's going to happen? It's a cloud of light. It, yeah. The alien, uh, you know, we don't have to dwell on it too much, but the aliens are so disappointing. They look like a Windows mm. Media Player visualization. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> that's exactly the word. <laughs> they're, they're like so rubbish. I was really hoping for a rubber suit. It's such a cop out. I was, I was gutted. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I don't know what Protozoa is hoping for. Just the aliens will engulf him in a sensual cloud of lovemaking. <laughs> Strip the flesh from his bones. <laughs> the alien doesn't respond at all to Protozoa. Yeah. Um, the gang theorises that maybe it's not Protozoa they're after. I theorise that the alien is starstruck meeting Protozoa. <laughs> They've come all this way to meet Protozoa. And now I can't think of what to say. You know, if you're a restaurant, you know, a celebrity's there. Yeah. And you're like, I won't bother them. I'll let them enjoy their dinner. That's what the alien's doing, you know? Yeah, I won't like, bother oh, Protozoa. I'll, I'll let him enjoy his <laughs> stricken garbage shit <laughs> being pulled into the moon's gravitation. Or they realise that there's no point talking to Protozoa because they're going to have plenty of time to examine him at their leisure when they dissect him on the fly home. <laughs> when they pull his frozen corpse out of the wreckage of the ship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. When they dissect him to try and find the songwriting centre of his brain to bring... Mm. Um, to bring zooms to the alien zooms to alien land circle on six suddenly xenon starts saying that the alien's ship navigation system has melted down they've been lost in space for three years and they can't get back home without working instruments yeah 
Um, it turns out she knows this because the aliens jumped inside her brain or something so they could speak for her or something. They're talking telepathically. The aliens tell Xenon telepathically that if Xenon would be so kind to like email them, email them a map of the universe, <laughs> they'll they'll they give him a tow they'll tow the garbage ship back to the space station yeah and orion is like why don't they just download the map of the universe from our space station using this why don't these glorious spacemen <laughs> simply take the plans and kill us all <laughs> and xenon speaking through the aliens uh chuckles and says they say taking without asking is not polite mm. even though they did do D- that earlier does the space station have a complete map of the universe for these aliens to use? Is that something that we've got as a species sure. by this point? Yeah. So so the computer beeps and then a CGI rainbow road comes out of it. Um, the alien zooms around everyone like kids running around a room yeah, like, around everyone's legs. It goes, it goes you. Everyone's loving this. They're like, wow, it's so beautiful. It goes all sparkly and then it vanishes. Back on the space station, General Hammond is astonished to look out of the window and see what looks like, according to one lackey, a flying rainbow, even though it doesn't look mm. anything like that at all. <laughs> it's a sort of best guess based on sort of future CGI work. Yeah, yeah. So the aliens tow the garbage ship back. They do a lap of the space station going woo and then f- off into space having contributed nothing. Yeah. The thing that the thing that really strikes me, I think maybe especially on the second viewing, is like, imagine how much better this could have gone for humanity if Orion had remembered to put some fuel in. Yeah. Because the aliens have huge leverage, right? Because they're like, we'll give you... You need... To, yeah, you need towing back to You the need space towing station. back or you'll die. In exchange, give us a map of the universe. If, the, if, if they'd encountered the aliens on the space station, they could have said, all right, aliens, we will give you our map of the universe, but in exchange, we want the secret to faster than light travel. And the aliens, if they want to live, would have to hand that over mm. to humanity, right? But unfortunately, the aliens find the Earth people in a situation where they're extremely grateful for just being moved about 10 miles through space. Yeah, for being towed. <laughs> yeah, it's like an incredible bargain for these aliens. And the AA. In fact, the aliens feel so guilty about having ripped us off so sorely that then uh, they do do another favour for, for well, the space. Yeah, so everyone, um, everyone looks out the window, sees the alien, everyone from the spaceship runs back in and greets their loved ones the general is like none of you are off the hook he's not convinced that they were actually aliens he explains the reasonable reasons why the space station sucks and is bad and the dismantling will continue he sort of bollocks Xenon and then Margie pipes up and she says what Xenon did was brave and thrilling and he says you dare to argue with me and she says yes dad I do Xenon found aliens so suck it it was reckless it was selfish no daddy what Xenon did was brave and thrilling and Marjorie, Leslie Hammond, are you contradicting me? Do you dare to argue with me? Yes, Daddy, I do. I'm terribly sorry, but you're wrong. Xenon did find aliens, and they spoke to us through her. And we gave them the navigational stuff that they needed, and they gave us a tow home. And the whole thing is so macro that the world needs to know about it. Proof, Margie. What no one here seems to be offering is proof. Like... Nobody is offering proof, mm-hmm. says the general. It flew around the ship. That could have been any space like That could have been any giant rainbow alien. Yeah, in space. <laughs> and then everything goes all rumbly. Are we falling out of orbit? Someone asks, I can't remember who. 
Orion, Orion looks out the window yeah. and says, actually, we're falling back into orbit. OK, Orion, that's something you can tell by looking out the window, is it? <laughs> yes, yeah, somehow knows that. Yeah. All the jettisoned pieces of the space station come flying back on for some reason. Yeah. And the alien is suddenly competent and good. Yeah. It flies past and does a sort of phantasmic light it show. Goes, and then it goes, Yeah. And then <laughs> it, it goes, flies off. I can't believe we're going home and all we had to do was tow this garbage ship 10 miles yeah. and move these jettisoned sectors back onto the spaceship. Everyone's looking out the window at this amazing alien light show, yep. uh, going like, wow. Protozoa has his arm around Nebula for some reason, which oh, is okay. un- unsettling. <laughs> uh, Xenon says the word Stella, and then cut to, uh, you know it, it's got to be a microbe concert. You can't simply you know end a Xenon film without a microbe yep. concert, can you? Yeah, Protozoa's band Microbe are playing a show to about 30 children. It looks like a kid's party at a space-themed McDonald's. It, uh, Protozoa has changed his hair since, uh, since, yeah. since, the last, since the last time we saw him. And uh, yeah, they're doing a song. I was initially very upset because they cut into this scene at the end of his song. And I was like, no, 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 they are not. They're, surely they're not doing no, no song. They're not going to deny us a Protozoa song. But don't song. worry, there is a Protozoa song. Um, this film has not explained at all why they sent the protozoa song as a signal because the aliens can talk telepathically Mm -hmm. so why didn't they telepathically say to xenon hello we're aliens do you have a map of the universe we're lost a map of the universe we can borrow yeah cheers cheers yeah why are they like because then you wouldn't have been able to justify having protozoa in this zoom 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 beat me near the moon Zoom, zoom, my address is one the <laughs> Zoom, 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 don't forget to fuel the ship. <laughs> okay, anyway, look, the important thing is there's going to be... Uh, what else is happening? Plank and Judy are getting married. This is a wedding. Yeah. Protozoa has a new um, perspective on life because aliens didn't care about him. Yeah, and, uh, and thank, thank goodness a song kicks off. Let's, let's hear a little bit of the song. Mystical lights, magical night. This one is like a kind of soft pop rock ballad. Yeah, it's not great. I like it. Um, okay. It's the sort of sentimental trash I like. I think sure. actually, I, what I think about this song actually is that this, I, th- I think there are two types of people in the world. You'll either like b- b- Zoom 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 or you'll like this one. Mm. And I, I do like the lyric, a blazing comet smiles upon it, your Stellanarius face. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. Mm. Like the first one is a kind of like sort of sort of party anthem, right? Zoom, zoom, zoom. Uh, it's kind of yeah, borrowing from like NSYNC and stuff at their most sort of rowdy and boisterous. Whereas yeah. this one is more the kind of like sort of soppy pop ballad. Yeah, it's like the songs all the Spice Girls did when they weren't in the Spice Girls anymore. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. It's like on a Jerry Halliwell ballad. It's like track nine on a Spice Girls yeah. album. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the kind of thing I, I like. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out why I'd written the number 15 here, but then I remembered it was me noting down Xenon's age. Right. And the fact that Protozoa is singing this song to her made me feel a bit uncomfortable. Mm. As well, Xenon is bopping around and dancing uh, and then spins around, coming face to face with Orion. Yeah, and despite having... who's wearing a sparkly silver polo neck uh, and a leather blazer. Despite having only had about two conversations with Orion, none of which were very yeah. exciting... It's clear from this shot and the language of cinema that a romantic connection is made between them. Yeah. Uh, and we freeze frame on Xenon's happy face 
Well, yeah, Protozoa hugs all three oh, yeah. child girls at once. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. And then, yeah, um, we freeze frame on Xenon's smiling face. And that's it. And that is Xenon 2, the sequel. Yeah, the, Z- the sequel. Which, There's another one. Which, again, the film introduces as Chapter 2. Chapter 2 of the Xenon Chronicles. <laughs> Xenon, Chapter 2. And then late in the production process, they're like, no, 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 no. This isn't going to work. No, no. How about this? Zequel. <laughs> mm. Oh, that's good. Zequel. How about this? But it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work because if she was called, it's like she's not called Xenon, and the <laughs> it doesn't Xenon work. the sequel, Xenon the sequel. It doesn't work. The, the the I really don't have much to say about this film. The aliens are so the aliens when you finally see them are so disappointing. They're disappointing. There's a lot of good protozoa. There's a lot of good protozoa, enjoyable protozoa content. For a while, it it's... turns into like Jungle Cruise when they're kind of like exploring yeah. through the forest and you're like, was I'm t- yeah. I'm torn because I think Philip Reese, who plays protozoa, is excellent and he really elevates the role. Yeah. But also it would have been a much better casting decision to have protozoa be like 17 or something. Right. Because it's just, it's just weird that these children are hanging around with this adult man the whole time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Well, they do recast Protozoa in the next one. Yeah, which, and it's bad. Which, yeah, which is, it is bad. It's called Z3. We'll get to it eventually. Spoiler alert, it's it's the worst one. <laughs> yeah, obviously. From what I remember, it's the worst one. I mean, yeah. yeah. Xenon 1 is like, obviously it's not good, but it's iconic and nostalgic. Yeah. And Xenon 2 is not. And Z3 mm. is also not. But you know what? One out of three ain't bad. <laughs> I mean, three out of three. Three percent. <laughs> it's a failing. It's a failing. Grade. It's a failing grade. Okay, that was Xenon two. Andy, can I read you an email? Please do. Okay, this email comes from Ricky. Ricky writes, "I adore this podcast, especially because it has no right to be as good as it is, conceptually speaking." <laughs> wow. Well, thanks, Ricky. Thanks, thanks Ricky. Good start. Thank you for your email. Yeah. Um, Ricky writes, "I'm a serving member of the Royal Navy. Thought I'd give you my perspective on the whole drill thing from Cadet Kelly." Oh, okay. From from the British Royal Navy. Yeah. After basic training and professional courses, there are not many occasions where one would typically be doing drill. Upon entering the fleet, you do your actual job, be that surface fleet or submarines. All the drill business quickly becomes irrelevant. That being said, the personnel who run drill slash parade slash ceremonials take it so pantingly seriously that you'd, <laughs> that you'd believe they are doing it with snipers trained on them the entire time. More than once I've been away on deployments and operations only to come back to a base for a professional course and have to take part in drill before classes. The bollockings that are dished out are sarcastically intense, wow. usually along the lines of how we don't take the important parts of our career seriously, meaning marching on a parade square that only we get to see. So, yes, um, basically, I wow. agree with most of your musings and it is very, very silly. That being said, the pay isn't too terrible and I've been in for 11 years. All right. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thanks thank you. Much Ri- for thank email, you, Ricky. Ricky. Thank you for your thank you for your service and thank you for going through all that and giving us your perspective on it. Top drill insight. Mm. Um, OK, right. Uh, Andy. Yes. We're going to have to do this again, aren't we? Oh, come up with another decom. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, by yeah. this again, I mean this show. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Should we treat ourselves and do one that we haven't seen before? Oh, I mean, there are only a few that we haven't seen from the era. What are you, what are you thinking? Um, I was on Disney Plus the other day and I realised that we hadn't seen 2002's Get a Clue. Get a Clue. All right, I'm looking at it. 2002 DCOM starring Lindsay Lohan Ooh. as a teenage high school student who investigates a mystery after one of her teachers goes missing. Yeah, okay. We've not seen this one. We've so not seen this let one. Me just, 
Let me just read this description from Disney+. Plus. Yep. 13-year-old fashionista Lexi Gold prides herself on getting the inside scoop for her school's gossip column. But when her English teacher, Mr. Walker, goes missing, Lexi takes the lead on what could be the story of the century, teaming up with her friends to find out what really happened yeah, to Mr. Walker. To Mr. Walker. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to do one that yeah. Andy and I haven't seen before. Ooh, Hopefully I'm we don't excited. find out that there's something so horrible in the film that we should never have done it on a podcast. Yeah. Oh, Brenda Song's in it. What? Oh, my God. Great. All right. Yeah, this is going to be great. News. This is going to be great. Oh, even better news. Okay, it's on. an hour and 23 minutes Way! long. Hey! Results! Oi, 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 oi! Get me my spacesuit! <laughs> hey! <laughs> How about me, darlings? <laughs> Oh, that is great news. And you know what else is great? This podcast. The way that you should confirm that Whoa. is with a five-star review on iTunes or something. Yeah. I love drop it there. I love looking at our page on Apple Podcasts and just reveling in our nice high score. But we can push it yep. even higher. I would love that. It also helps or algorithms review and such. The episode on Spotify yeah. as yeah. well. You can do that. There, now. You, you can always be finding small ways in your life to be helping the algorithm. That's what mm. I've found. Or a, a- a big way to help the show is by joining our Patreon oh, over at uh, patreon.com forward slash extra helpings. And what do you get, Andy, if you do that? Not only do you help support this show and make it possible, but you also get bonus episodes Whoa. of us recapping episodes of the Disney Channel original TV series, So Weird, which, which is... is like the X-Files if they had one idea. <laughs> if they had one idea and one minute and it had yeah. to be for and, children. crucially, yeah. Eric Von Detten, Star of Brink. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's great. Thanks for all your great feedback on the on the on the episodes we've aired so far. They feature yep. Bigfoots and aliens and all sorts of. Yeah, the next of one that we're going to be recapping uh, features a um, Bill Gates-style tech mogul being beset by gremlins. <laughs> so, just look forward to that. So, Patreon.com/slash/extrahelpings if you don't want to miss a Bill Gates parody being beset by gremlins. Also, this episode of So Weird decides that it's going to set out its stall for what gremlins should be in folklore mm-hmm. and the clothes that they wear and it could not be better okay all right we'll see you there folks or we'll see you next time for get a clue uh keep watching the skies for falling bits of space station you never know what you'll find out there yep. frozen corpses of teenagers <laughs> weird blue lights yeah or even yourself yeah, yeah. Looking, yeah, yeah, that's right. I was trying to, I was going to queue up a, one more gross joke about the third drawer, but that was actually beautiful. No. I don't want to do it now. I just want to, yeah. Let's... No, go on, go on, do it. Uh, what's in the third drawer? It's probably something. Probably. <laughs>